0: People are dying! You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's bowl after bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer.
1: I've never done a blunt, I'd do one.
2: Yeah,
3: well, you know, that's just like, uh...
2: Your opinion, man.
3: I feel stupid now. Um, it's the weed. I'm betting it's the weed.
1: It's always the weed.
3: The weed, the weed, the weed indeed. Hey, welcome everyone.
1: Hey, you bowlers out there. Thanks for hanging
3: out in the bowl.
1: Yeah, episode 44.
3: 44, you dirty whore. That was to everyone, not to anyone in this particular.
1: Uh-huh. Sure
3: Mostly to me yeah. <laughs> Hey, it is Tuesday It is October 13th The 13th of October, not a Friday Hashtag not a Friday
1: Not this year
3: No, not this year, not this time
1: oh, Friday the 13th would have been the last thing 2020 needed
3: mm-hmm. In October We are getting a full moon Halloween though, that's kind of cool
1: That is awesome I do like it And there's a no agenda meetup on Halloween There is a no agenda, Casey meetup with uh, the wolf of Kansas City, you.
2: I am a lone wolf. Oh,
3: That's me. Yes. That is me.
1: People have to look out.
3: Coming in hot as fuck with the uh, tunes and dunes right there.
1: Yeah, hot clips.
3: I'm uh, changing drivers, changing sound, changing all kinds of things. You know, when you get a nice sound system all set up, what you want to do is constantly be fucking with it and breaking it and re-fucking with it. So that's what I'm doing
1: failing forward. Yeah,
3: failing forward. Hmm. From my feet to my face to my feet again. That's kind of the it's kind of the story. It's the way it goes. That's the it's the way it's been. Yeah. And uh, that's how it's going. Yeah.
1: The studios coming together.
3: Coming together.
1: Coming together. Just like we do every night. Hey.
2: Oh.
3: <laughs> oh, those are good ones. <laughs> yes. We'll talk about those in a bit. Okay. Um wow. A lot went on this week. Oh yeah, I feel like it's been a month since our last show. Yeah, just from all the shit that's happened. I want though just to open right out of the front gate um, by saying thank you, Net Ned.
1: Yes, thanks, Net Ned.
3: Net Ned is our executive producer for this show.
1: Woohoo! Where's my shaker? Shake it. No, I don't have one. So there
3: you go. It's a pretty good shake for now. Yes, thank you, Net Ned, with a donation of thirty-three thirty-three. For a baby karma. Actually, let me pull up the note. Donated. 33-33 in honor of your third on the way. Congrats. If you, uh, listened to the last show, you've heard the happy news. So there's a little baby karma from NetNed. That was very sweet of you, and we thank you very much for that.
1: Yeah, thank you, NetNed.
3: And we want it up front. Um, so if you are listening right now live, if you are, that is thanks to NodeBit, also known as NodeBit on other shows. Um... Yeah, I hear that argued about back and forth all the time. I'm happy to go both ways with it, because I'm just kind of like an open-minded guy like that. Um, But we thank him profusely for just donating for really no apparent reason at all, other than his own personal amusement and the goodness of his heart. Donated his infrastructure that we may live stream from it, and we're very appreciative of that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um... Yes, I wanted to see, I'm sorry, I'm pulling up the PayPal, see if there was any longer note of any sort, but I don't believe so. Read your note. The note was noted. Yeah! So, uh, what do you want to work, like, forwards from last show or backwards? Mm. Because it's been a long week.
1: Let's go forwards, I guess.
3: Forwards from last show? Yeah. Last show, of course, uh, was episode 43, titled Fertility, and we broke the big news that we are pregnant yet again.
1: I am pregnant. Well, I always we, think it's funny when people say we, and I think I said it in the last episode, we, we are pregnant. I mean, it's our baby, we. but...
3: We've always said we, though. Yeah. I don't know. It's just silly. You're the pregnant one. I'm pregnant.
1: Mm-hmm. It's your baby. Mm-hmm. It's our baby. We are pregnant. Yeah, well, okay, yeah. See? It's all silly.
3: I mean, I <laughs> did stop buying cigarettes, so... Yeah. It's not like I'm doing nothing over here. That's true. I I left it in. I
1: felt, I felt kind of like a limo being like, you know, really, you know... Cigarettes are on the newborn because I like to co-sleep with our kids. No, so. it's great.
3: It's fine. I didn't need an excuse to stop anyway. Yeah. So uh, I'm an on again off again kind of guy. So yeah. Well, it's I know. All good for me. It's
1: never been a problem for you either. You're one of those people that can just put them down or pick them up or whatever.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I figured, yeah, fuck it. You know.
1: Yeah. Save the money now.
3: <laughs> um, and then the day after was the vice presidential debate. Oh, oh yeah. The big. Uh, cricket fest really It does feel like a, a
1: lifetime ago
3: doesn't it feel so long ago it wasn't even a full week ago it was last wednesday uh we did the great little stream with john and carolyn yeah the of 4G. hog story fame we had a 4g a forecast a foursome and uh it was fantastic it was fun what can you say about it man those guys are the greatest they're the greatest peoples yes and,
1: speaking, and we got a bingo
3: we did get a bingo on the pence, pence card bingo. yeah diagonally so uh that was great fun there's no recording of it Unless you go to Twitch. There's a Twitch of it, I believe. Twitch.tv slash OG P.
1: Now, is that one video or did it like break up into segments? I feel like it
3: broke up. We had some technical difficulties. So, uh, you know, we just decided what the fuck. Keep it rolling. It was on Twitch. I didn't have a audio recording of it. The reason being that my hard drive filled up like a noob. So mm. then I spent uh, the next day like cleaning all kinds of crap off of my hard drive because boy is there a lot and I freed up about 141 gigs so hopefully that won't happen anytime soon again I'll just keep cleaning making sure I got 100 plus gigs every show
1: just move it to the external yeah that's what that's I what did a lot of it
3: down. a lot of it I did that a lot of it I did that Thursday uh, Abel Kirby was on Hog Story and you never really you don't call in a lot but you've called in on the last I did two I
1: call in which is fantastic He said he was from New Hampshire and it got me amped up because I grew up in massive T-shirts. I mean, Massachusetts. And I used to spend, well, not spend the summer, but uh, New Hampshire is where I would go with my great-grandparents for like a week in the summer. And we would do, do lame stuff like go to theme parks like Santa's Village and Storyland and Clark's Trading Post, which he brought up, which was hilarious because you have a great memory with me with Clark's Trading Post, which is that I'm terrible at like when it comes to needles and getting my blood drawn. And so I always like tell this to people when they're about to poke me. I'm like, I'm really bad. I'm going to pass out on you. Like, I just don't do needles so my midwife, she, always, she has to draw my blood like twice throughout the whole pregnancy. So with our last baby, with Asina, she's like, I got to poke you. I was like, all right. And then she just, she's like, let's just, you know, get her talking. If you can get me talking, then my brain is elsewhere. And I just went on this tangent about Clark's Trading post. And Abel Kirby did the same thing. It's just like a hilarious spot. There's this train ride where this guy called the Wolfman like throws bombs at you and rides around on this crazy like four wheeler contraption. But anyways, I called in and I asked if he had uh, been to Fun Spot in Laconia, which is, I think it's the world's largest arcade.
3: I think it's the world's largest collect collection uh, collection of, of classic arcade games specifically. Thanks. You, and yeah. now here I am at Fun Spot,
0: busting my ass.
1: Yeah, you you nailed it. And uh, he hadn't. And I was so bummed. <laughs> but yeah. hopefully he checks it out if he visits back home. Yeah, you gotta it try it. It is such a fun spot it's for f- everyone. It's
3: fantastic. There's, It's like all kind of frozen in the 80s too, a lot of it. Even though there are like new arcade games, you can win a bunch of tickets and all that kind of shit at. There's like more classic stuff and all the upstairs is just classic stand-up arcade games yes all the usual suspects but also stuff i've never seen before like if you want to play any of your favorites like in person on original equipment that's the place to go tapper is one of my favorite where you're the bartender um joust also a favorite Pinball is really my sickness, and they've got all kinds of pinball tables, including one I'd never seen before. It was like called Goliath or something. Yeah,
1: that giant one. It's like a
3: huge table, and the ball is like four times or five times bigger than a regular pinball. It's like
1: a ski ball.
3: It's freaking awesome.
1: That's a great spot. And to be fair... To be fair... To be fair to Abel Kirby... I didn't know about Funspot until I met you.
3: Right, we watched uh, King of Kong.
1: You showed me the documentary King of Kong, which is about the high scores in Donkey Kong over time, and the uh, the contested scores, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> it's a great documentary. It's really worth watching. But they it's end a very up. Devious person. They end up going there. Yes, one of the
3: one of the settings of the uh, phone boy always brings up owning an eight ball deluxe, and I'm always so jealous of that because it's a fantastic table. And actually, I grew up on the Macintosh, and we had a eight ball deluxe emulator from Bali, so I know that table very well. But played on a on a Mac instead of uh, actually played. I've never played that table in real life. It would be so cool to actually play the physical table. And I've always wanted a pinball machine. I have a wish list for bowl after bowl eventually. Hell yeah. Um, obviously, there's a, there's a couple of bowling pinball tables. and uh, God, I wish there was a big Lebowski table. That would be tight.
1: Well, maybe someone will make
3: one. Rack them up. Friday. God, I went to my real estate office because I just had to check in and do some paperwork and this and that. Got some listings coming down the chute. And I realized I didn't have a mask. Oh, shit. On me or with me or in the car or anything. I was like... Digging through the car, trying to find a mask, didn't want to like have to buy one or go all the way back home to grab one. And uh, luckily, I called my broker and she was like, Just tell the front desk there's some in my desk. You can just get one out of there. I'm like, Okay. Nice. First thing they said to me when I walked in Spencer, do you have a mask? Ugh. Said, Yes. Um, in the broker's office. So I'm, t- I'm told they're extras. Mio Mayo. I don't know it's all it's the same thing you know once you go sit down at your little station you can take it off kind of a thing what? and it's just like such theater i am so weary of it i grow so weary of it can we just be done with the mask part of this stupid shenanigans like everything else whatever i don't care just stop with the mask thing it's not doing anything it's not doing anything no uh, uh, it's except a pain for in the ass upsetting me you know what else was friday though what was Friday? The 100th episode of Grumpy Old Ben. Hell
1: yeah, it was.
3: So that was kind of a milestone for the Bennies. Um, yeah. We did, as our tradition, send in uh, our celebratory 100 thrusts for 100 episodes, <laughs> which started with... Uh,
1: hog story.
3: The beautiful hogs. The very powerful story, hog story. I f- in fact, so what we did was we went back to episode 100 of Hog Story, Gaping Pass, if you haven't checked it out. And listen to it again because in the months since then, uh, I feel like I've got to know a lot more of the audience and the people that call in. And so going back to that episode and hearing everybody's voicemails that they left, I just had a different perspective and like a wider perspective when I heard all of that. So it was cool. Like It's definitely, if you're going to like revisit an episode, it's one of the tops. Hell yeah. And um, it's funny because we were sort of relatively... New to Hog Story by that time. So we were on like 87 first. So it was like, you know, just a couple of months or something like that. So it's kind of interesting to see in retrospect. But I wanted to hear... So the difference between that audio that we sent in versus the Grumpy Old Ben's version is in Grumpy Old Ben's, we recorded it. Now we did it in one take, luckily, but we didn't have that added pressure of needing to do it in one take. Um... So we had a couple of, like, three or four different scenarios we might have done or played with. And on Hog Story, it's the voicemail. So, like, it's the beep and you have to go. So uh, we did our hundred thrusts for a hundred episodes with Hog Story where you just, like, said an intro sentence and then I counted to hundred. Like, the whole hundred was, like, uninterrupted. Whereas when we did for the Grumpy Old Bins, I was counting to a hundred while you were talking over the whole entire time. Yeah. So it was kind of a different dynamic um
1: i thought that i don't know i thought they might find it too lewd if it was just like me moaning the whole time so i thought well if there's a message taking up the space of this then maybe they'll have to play it
3: (laughs) hey what do you think bowlers Is this too lewd this was the celebration hey
1: there big daddy darren o'neill and rowdy ryan bemrose this is dame delorean here with sir spencer wolf of kansas city He's behind me at the moment, and he can't talk right now because he's concentrating very hard on counting out a hundred thrusts in celebration of your hundredth episode. Since we know one of your listeners is bound to rewind and count to make sure they're all there, congratulations on this huge milestone. And here's to
3: many more episodes to come. Mm.
2: Mm. Mm. I thought
3: it was great that you mm. had a lot of double entendres oh, in there too. Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm. Congratulations, Grumpy Old Ben's. And then I come <laughs> in at the end like a retard.
2: Congratulations, <laughs> Grumpy Old Benz.
3: <laughs> so that's funny. I still am not a hundred percent sure because, you know, I think for for a Ben. Uh, Darren O'Neill just kind of like Was lost in left field on the On the whole attachment They attached mp3 uh, um, And in fact he talked about He read my donation segment Which included like uh, um, Find attached the celebratory message From Dame Lorraine and I And uh, he read that aloud But then just kind of didn't go to the voicemail And the troll room was like Or well voicemail the mp3 <laughs> The troll room was like oh, Attached mp3 attached mp3 and uh, finally, at the post show, when I, uh, he figured it out in the chat and like found the um, attachment. And honestly, I think he just genuinely didn't uh, see it and didn't realize it. Um, But if he did it on purpose and played dumb to just have it on the stream, he did it very well. It was very slick. Which, I mean, Darren O'Neill, he's a slick guy. So I wouldn't like put it past him. I wouldn't say he's like incapable of that. But it just seemed kind of like he was like, oh, I don't know. Um, it's funny though when I was re-listening to the Gaping Past Hundred and trying to find our hundred thrusts, uh, right before our hundred thrust plays, there was a there was a dictionary lookup for Carolyn, right? Yes. And so she can't find the uh, entry in the dictionary, and she takes a moment to ponder. But her hmm o oh sounds were just so Beautiful. orgasmic, so juicy that I had to isolate them. This is them uh, in full. Um. <laughs> oh. And it's just yes. her it's just her uh contemplatively trying to find the word. Like there's nothing really like lewd about it. <laughs> but I mean just listen to that. Um that's the um and then the
2: um, um. So that's
3: just like oh it just works too well.
2: Um. Um. um Anyway. I love
1: it. I love it too. Yeah, we both looked at each other as we were listening to it, like with wide eyes, we're just like, whoa. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's not juiced at all. That's just straight up cut from the MP3 that the Hogs uploaded. Just said Nothing uh, nothing up or down or left or right about it.
2: Um, oh. so,
3: so I thought mean, no, that was just fantastic.
1: Yes. We love you, Carolyn.
3: <laughs> Absolutely. Positively. Um, so let's see. That was Friday. Saturday, you got a break from me and the girls, and I took them up to oh yeah, uh, my yeah, buddies yeah. in Oric.
1: And I did a bunch of work. <laughs> mm-hmm. We
3: rode a bit of four wheelers and I cleared some more of that trail out there The girls had a great time with his kid he his, has... his daughter it's Four, our daughters are three and one and a half So they all got along
1: He's made some four wheeler paths through his wooded acreage
3: Yeah, he's got 30 acres and most of it is treed rather heavily But he's got some nice, nice four wheeler paths going back there now So we just rode the absolute tits off of the four wheelers out there
1: and you had both the girls. I did. On your lap.
3: <laughs> yeah, I showed them uh, the four wheeler a bit.
1: Now every time we've been out there before, Rayla has been too scared to get on the four wheeler because it's so loud.
3: Yeah, well, Cena really wanted to ride the four wheeler.
1: Yes, she's our—that's our, our one and a half year old.
3: So we just took it like extra slow and whatever. She was like squished under my legs. <laughs> it's kind of hard to explain, but she was kind of yeah. sandwiched in there, and uh, just cruise like you know from. This end of the driveway to that end of the driveway stuff. And then Rayla got jealous and then she wanted to do it. So that's kinda how that went. Nice. Um allegedly in Minecraft we did that. And then uh the next oh, that night, by the way, I caught up on another hog story. Not to like Oh yeah. Not to like just sound like a broken record and keep saying hog story over and over again. But I did listen to the lavish episode. And it was fantastic. And um, if you're looking for stuff in the vault, I'm telling you, the one with Lavish was a lot of fun. Uh, and they had interesting discussions. And Fletch actually talked a little more about our trip. Uh, it was almost like he sensed we weren't listening to the live. Because so we were, <laughs> well, as that aired, we were at the Casey rooftop show. Yes. Um, that was. Which amazing. was a lot of fun. The uh, Twilight Soiree. So, because of COVID restrictions, they got to do this sh- these shows outside. But that creatively led to this awesome setup where they did a show on the roof of Crown Center of the Weston Hotel that's attached to Crown Center. So it was like this kind of...
1: They being a group called Quixotic. Right.
3: Quixotic. Which is uh, like an
1: electric cabaret.
3: Yeah. They're like circus kids, if I could just like simply describe them. They do like the aerials and the hoop dance and the flame juggles and that kind of stuff. Um... So we called in just saying, hey, we love you. And uh, we know Lavish is on. And it's a good time. But, we you know, we didn't have any context or hear the episode. And then, oh, man, Fletcher's just talking about how he was so baked that he was, like, at times forgetting how to speak <laughs> and, uh, like, that he had so much to say. But, like, we didn't really talk much. And it was kind of like... It wasn't, like, uncomfortable silences. It was like we were just, like, old friends, even though we'd just met in person, you know, because we followed each other's stuff for a while. Um, He even listened to the Bull After Bulls, the originals in 2014 and 15, which kind of blew my mind when I found out at the first. But, so it's, like, old friends meeting up, and it was, like, uh, very natural. But when he was, like... When he talked about the stargazing part, it just cracked me up, because it literally was like, he turned around from the fire and looked up in the sky, and then we all just kind of followed suit, and just stared up there for at least a half hour, just staring at the sky. And we had already seen a couple of shooting stars, and it was just kind of like, once you get in that mode, you're like, uh, I'm just going to wait till there's one more, though. You know? Yeah. And then it became just like contemplating the stars in the universe, and our place in it all, and like the specks of dust we really are and all of that unsaid but like totally communally shared it was crazy and awesome and then I watched him the next day while we were watching or listening to No Agenda Live I just watched him make a bunch of art and it was like he was putting on a photoshop clinic I mean yeah he was pulling up like That's true layers and gradients and different like shadow text dropped shadows and things that I just like didn't understand how to access even he was just like I know double clicking to pull shit up and I was getting my mind blown all over again. I'm like, how do I use Photoshop for like over half of my life? And I don't even know some of this shit. You know, that's just the kind of idiot I am. But
1: I was going to say, I saw parts of Photoshop I've never seen before.
2: Yeah, I mean,
3: it (laughs) it was cool.
1: It was epic. It was
3: cool. And that's the funny thing, too, is like you always think that the other guy is so cool and that you're just like this idiot and like you're just lucky to be in the room kind of a thing. Yeah, And I think with like just regular ass people, that's probably like everybody kind of has like a little sense of that of like, oh, I should be like saying something interesting, but I'm not. But um, it wasn't really like pressure to do that. No. But there's definitely in my mind a few times. I'm just like, wow, I am really high. Yeah,
1: definitely. And He
3: didn't know the brownies oh, were cosmic. shit!
1: I was going to say that made me feel so <coughs> bad when he said that. Which
3: is not the first time that's happened to us. <laughs> Um,
1: oh my gosh well the other time was
3: just but we typically i mean we always tell people like hey these is a brownies are special brownies but i like, did
1: announce it but i i'm all, yeah i guess i didn't say like hey this has weed in them
3: like you know the <laughs> weed you know it's just like yeah you know i got thrown off like a bull rider that lost right there but anyway it's a fantastic episode catch up with lavish they talk about 9-11 hunter s thompson um All kinds of crazy stuff. He's a very interesting fellow, that lavish man. He's a musician. We're like almost the same age, too, him and I. Cool. Anyway, that was Saturday. Sunday was at Pops, and I bought a CBD pre-roll, and I don't know. I think these things are getting better, man.
1: You mean Sunday?
3: Sunday, isn't that what I said?
1: You said Saturday again. I
3: said that was Saturday, and then Sunday, we were at Pops. I'm not that high, am I?
1: so, high,
2: so
3: high, The CBD high. pre-rolls I think are getting much better though And I got this one It's called uh, It was called like Sweet Dream, I think
2: hmm.
3: uh, I just bought the one that had the highest CBD number on it And it was like a $10 J Just like, I don't know Too much for a J Especially when it's just CBD But I wasn't really feeling that great Um, I just felt like it was a good idea And it tasted, I mean as far as the weed went It tasted fantastic It tasted like really good bud which most CBD pre rolls I've had taste like uh, somewhere in between hemp and shit, you know. Yeah, <laughs> it was just bad, and they didn't do anything. And this one was kind of like it was all right. It wasn't It was like very mellow effects. Like anybody who tells me, "Oh yeah, I smoked pot in the day, but I just cut. I had to stop because it makes me paranoid." They would probably really dig these CBD joints. I think because hmm. it really was no head effect or anything. But it did allow me to, like, mellow out and get out of my own head and kind of lay down, like, just the mental stress that I had of the day. And that was super nice, I thought.
1: And then you finished your dad's puzzle.
3: I did. We finished the puzzle. Because once I, like, see a puzzle there, my autism kicks into high gear and I just can't stop.
1: I know. And you actually, like, don't look at your phone for the time that you're doing the puzzle which is amazing
3: <laughs> i don't know if it's therapeutic or if it's just a different addiction
1: well i'd rather see you be addicted to puzzles than your phone personally
3: that morning was the no agenda show as always on sundays but the rock and roll pre-show darren played that hundred thrusts again oh yeah so yep. he played it there good which is kind of hilarious
1: very rock and roll it
3: was not what i expected at all it surprised uh, me.
1: I know I heard it. We were in different places and we both came running to each other. we were like, You played it you played the voicemail. I was in the shower.
3: It really made me giggling on. And that brings us to Monday, which was yesterday. Which was yesterday. your birthday. Happy birthday, Lorian. Thanks. Twenty seven.
1: Yeah. I don't like talking about it. Why not? Because I don't want to be a part of the twenty seven club. Cursed. <laughs> I just want to get to twenty eight, then I'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. <clears throat>
3: Isn't there a movie called The Number 27 or something like that? Uh,
1: I think so, but I've not seen it.
3: I remember wanting to see it when I was 27, and then I just...
1: <sighs> well, we can watch it now.
3: Oh, plans.
1: We can watch it now.
3: We had a uh, we had a great goddamn time, as they say.
1: Yeah, I didn't have any like strict plans for my birthday. I wasn't like, I have to do this. But I said, well, you know, it's fall. I haven't been to a pumpkin patch yet, so I thought the girls might enjoy that. They had a great goddamn time. They sure did. I was looking for pumpkin patches we hadn't been to and remembered this place that we always drive by on the highway. It says Fun Farm. Not funny farm, but fun farm. Fun farm. And so I was like, well, let's check it out. Get on their website. They got an admission fee. I was like, an admission fee to a farm? What the fuck? But I was like, well, shoot. Let's maybe it'll be worth it, you know. We get there. And oh my gosh, I expected to spend like three hours there total. Because I was like, eh, it's a farm, you know. We go see the animals, we go look at the pumpkins, and then we leave. No, this is like farm theme park. They had, the first thing we saw was a slide down this giant hill where you put this like carpet down.
3: Yeah, you know, the big uh, rug slides. They have them in a lot of rug places. Slide. Yeah, you ride the rug down like a PVC smooth hill. And uh it's fantastic.
1: Yeah, both the girls enjoyed that a lot. Then they had a tractor.
3: <laughs> As Asina did say, no, no, no oh. at the beginning. <laughs> at but the, the top, at, yeah. At the bottom, she was like, yay.
1: Yeah. Yeah, she had a great time. And then they had a tractor ride next to there where they had, what were those barrels? Those, like, plastic barrels. Do you know?
3: Yeah, they look just like big, uh, I don't know what comes in those containers, but they're just big... Um, Big plastic barrels.
1: Yeah, I thought, when I was far away, I thought they were metal, but then it was plastic. I was like, ooh. Mm -hmm. And they were painted like cows. And that was also on the hill, so this tractor would, like, drive up the hill, and it would get kind of bumpy, and then he would speed up on the way down and just whip you. And so Rayla got to ride in her own barrel, and I was holding a Sena. And um, it was such a slow day for them that all the rides going on, everyone was like, "You want to ride again? I'll just go again. Let's go again. You could just like keep riding if you wanted, which was awesome." And uh, but, but I could tell on that one, Rayla was done the second time because <laughs> there was like a little seat in the barrel. And as we went down the hill, Rayla just, like, bumped up, like, flew up in the air, and then her ass just landed on the bottom of the barrel, and she did not get up. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, she's she's done. But she didn't cry or anything. She just, like, turned around when it was over and looked at me with these, like, really wide eyes, like, Oh, I think I almost died. And I was like, yeah, okay, we're done. That's fine. Then, they had these big hydraulic guns that shot apples at targets. How would you describe those things? Did I do is that justice? They were,
3: uh, it's just kind of a big uh, cannon almost. A cannon, yeah. Air compressor powered, and you just put uh, the apple in, push a metal button, and it like loads it into the chamber. And then once it has enough pressure, you can squeeze a little trigger. Aim and it. the trigger.
1: <laughs> and and you
3: just shot it at like sheet metal cutouts of different Halloweeny things. Yeah, there was, like, they had a like a Frankenstein and a bat, and yeah. Oh
1: yeah. There was a tractor out there, too, right in the middle. Yeah, Kids an old really tractor that was
3: just broke down that you could shoot apples at.
1: Yeah. Hay bales.
3: We shot most of the apples and ate, like, you know, we each, like, ate an apple at the end, because we were, like, we shot plenty of them. Yeah. And we figured, yeah, let's just munch on the rest of the apples.
1: Yeah, both Ariella and Athena got to load the, the apples in. The place in. is
3: cool. It's, like, an apple and pear orchard. They had, they grow corn. They grow pumpkins. Yeah. Yeah. You got your typical corn maze, so that's cool.
1: Yeah, we did the kitty corn maze.
3: Yeah, the smaller section, (laughs) because I mean, there's only so much corn maze that like you can really do.
1: Well, especially with a three and a two. I can understand if
3: you're like a teenager and you're like getting lost in (laughs) the corn maze, (laughs) hee hee. But like.
1: Yeah, but with the little ones... With
3: the little ones, you can't just go all day in a corn this, maze.
1: this place had to be like 400 acres. The
3: place was enormous, It for was sure.
1: huge, and the girls walked the entire thing. They didn't ask to be carried or anything once, which was shocking. But that's why I didn't want to push my luck with the corn maze. I was like, we'll do the, the little... The biggest
3: hit for them was the corn pit. Yes. They had a huge pit of seed corn, and we'd seen it once before when we went to Polyface Farms uh, in Virginia. We visited there, and they had like a smaller... Uh, They called it the corn box, which is just like a sandbox, except for it's got seed corn in it instead of sand, which is a lot of fun. This one was like a fucking circus tent, humongous, and just surrounded by hay bales to keep the corn contained. And then the corn, you know, you're probably standing in like five inches of corn.
1: At least.
3: Something like that.
1: It was like an Olympic-sized swimming pool of corn. It was big. It was awesome. And kids were, you could jump in it, and then the kids were kind of like swimming around in it, burying their friends in it. Ray made a bunch of friends there, and she wanted to go back to that, yeah, so that was a hit. She said, I want to go live in the corn with the kids.
3: <laughs> so you did uh, also get birthday wishes on the voicemail.
1: Oh, cool. But
3: before we play it, I did want to mention that.
1: Oh, okay. What did you want to mention?
3: I was waiting. What'd you want to wait for?
1: Well, I wanted to talk about that giant-ass pig we saw. Well, you can talk about pigs. We saw. A... I
3: just wanted to say, though, that the voicemail line is open for today's topic. First time I ever. And today we've chosen the stoner fruit of Chipotle. The first time I ever ate Chipotle, uh, if you so wish to call. Or text, if you're voice shy.
4: Call 816-607-3663 in the Play of voice
3: that's right 816-607 doof is the voicemail line if you would so wish to play but yes before we hear the voicemail i want to hear about this pig
1: the pig was fucking huge biggest pig it was like five times as big as me i said to spence i saw him from a mile away and i said that pig could eat me in one bite.
3: Each of his balls were like, one <laughs> testicle was like the size of my fist. Yeah. Just a fucking fat sack. And
1: he it. laid down and they just squished out and we're both just standing there like, wow. <laughs> it's
3: like cantaloupe scrotum. It's and crazy. All
1: the, all the other parents were like, okay, let's move on. They like didn't want their kids putting their fingers in or whatever. Our kids are just standing there like, holy mackerel, look at that pig. But another fun part about going to the farm yesterday was all the chickens. And as we talked about in the last episode, our daughters had a shared nightmare in which a chicken ate their knee. And we saw the chickens, and I knew the nightmare was going to come up. And Asina looks at me and points to her knee, and she's like, knee, knee. And I was like, they're not going to hurt you. They're scared of you. You are bigger than the chickens. It's okay. Okay. And then Rayla, I could see her. She, like, wanted to go look at them. She would, like, sneak forward. And then uh, she, like, got real close to the chicken den. And all of a sudden, one of the roosters was like, and she went running, just came running back. But you ended up going into, there was another chicken den where you could, like, walk inside, and they had the baby chicks in there. And you took Rayla by yourself in there and worked through her fear of chickens.
3: A bit. She liked the baby chicks more than the chickens, for sure.
1: They were all around, though, and she did all right. And Asina was totally over it by the end of things. And then they had a carousel, and Asina got her first carousel ride.
3: And then they had pumpkin donuts, which were very tasty. Oh,
1: my gosh, yeah, and you bought, like, a bucket of them. They were, like, the size of donut holes, but still looked like donuts. Yeah, they were donut-shaped, but
3: quite small, like a bite-sized donut.
1: Yeah, it was perfect.
3: Yeah, so you had a great birthday. Yes. And uh, thanks in part, for sure, to well wishes from people on No Agenda Social and also from uh, our good friend, Korkas, who left us this first time.
0: Hit it. I love that so much. Hi. So, hello. Hello. I know what today is, and that's what I'm calling. Might not be the appropriate outlet, but this is the one that I have. And I prefer to tell you this rather than text you this happy birthday (laughs) day thank you um (laughs) this is awesome i hope it's a beautiful autumn day for you Mm. you lovely awesome creature, you i just i know it's a little bit late in the day and i'm not sure when you'll get this but i hope you're having a fantastic birthday the best that you can with your Lovely, wonderful family, yes. and uh, having some fun, and congratulations, by the way, on number three on the way. Thank you. Ah, uh, yes, that magical number three. I hope it's the easiest pregnancy thus far, and I love being any part of your lives, even just a listener. So I feel a little blessed to. Be getting to know both of you and to have learned about you, and props to John Fletcher for that. Yes,
3: <laughs> major props.
0: And so <clears throat> I say, spark one up. <laughs> I, yes, I'm copying. Spark and one up. Hit it on your birthday because you deserve to enjoy your life. Oh, oh, blah blah blah. Happy birthday! <laughs> happy birthday! Happy birthday! You are beautiful through and through and i feel love for you i do i can't help it thank you for everything i <laughs> i'm stumbling and fumbling over here but just wanted to wish you a wonderful birthday and tell you i think you are extraordinary Mwah. take care bye
1: oh thanks
3: quirk a sweet voicemail <laughs> We
0: love you, too. Lock on. Smoke on. Mwah.
3: She has the greatest voicemails.
1: Yeah, she does. Also, I almost forgot the best part of yesterday at Fun Farm. Yes. No masks required. Yeah, nobody had a mask.
3: Well, there's very few people that had masks, but they weren't employees. No. Nope. They, they were at the snack bar wearing masks. The food service people were. Oh, yes. Uh, and I think that's an obvious one, just they don't want to lose their county food license. Yeah. Thing. But, um, Christ, there's maybe like five people out of the couple hundred that were there that I saw with masks.
1: It yeah, it was awesome.
3: Very low, and it's all outside, so that's fine, you know? Yeah, exactly. It shouldn't, shouldn't be an issue, and it wasn't an issue. That was very nice. I agree with that for sure.
1: <clears throat> Speaking of wanting to wear a mask in the food service to protect yourself, I saw the number 33 come up in a news story. Oh? Yes. Governor Cuomo Decided to suspend 33 more liquor licenses from bars and restaurants. So that's 201 suspended licenses so far.
3: Man, that's too bad.
1: That's that's too many. It's just like... uh... You know what the craziest part is? This story was like three weeks old. Oh, yeah. And it just crossed my radar. But by then, in one week, they conducted 4,500 compliance checks. Jesus. So if you think about that, like well, cool, forty five hundred and then they boss two hundred, I guess that's not like
3: all of those compliance checks, that just seems like a super spreader event though. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like what the fuck? Exactly. Can't you just like stay at home? Can't they just stay at home, those compliance guys? They should be staying at home and trying to help stop the spread. It's fucking irresponsible. That's what I say.
1: Yes. Just like all these states seeing spikes. Thirty three states in fact. Oh really? Seeing COVID spikes this past week imagine oh. that seven months into the scamdemic it's a spike they gotta bring it they're trying to re-rally it you know
3: there's a spike in testing huh
1: i'm sure i don't know
3: Spike in something
1: there's a spike in stupidity
2: <laughs> for everyone that plays along with it yeah well you
3: know that's just like uh your opinion man but it's a correct opinion
1: thanks I like to think so.
3: Yeah. Meanwhile, nobody dies from the shit. I
1: also just hate face masks. I don't know. It's just creepy. Like, especially walking into a bank and you put a face mask on, it just feels wrong.
3: Yeah. It is kind of uh, sinister. It's like, whoa. I do. Now that the weather's cooling off, though, I like my little Billy the Kid. Because when the weather gets cool and I do my cowboy type attire, then that bandana is just the perfect, like, cherry on top. Yeah. Like, put the money in the bag. Nobody gets hurt. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I know. I like the bandana because you can just pull it up and wear it around your neck. And yeah, not have the so little you, stupid you don't ever dangles. forget it.
3: You just pull it down and it's like, it looks fine. It looks like you're playing cowboys. And then you pull it up over your face when everybody gives you the stank eye, when you're walking in a door and just trying to mind your own goddamn business. But goddamn, I'm so over it for sure, for sure.
1: Yeah, and I always... When you walk in a place with that bandana and I just try to like give a wave to whoever catches my eye for like, hey, I'm not robbing okay. you, I swear. <laughs> I'm doing this cause uh your cop gave me the stank eye. Yes. They won't let you into places. They'll be like, No. They don't care if you have a health condition.
3: They sure don't. They don't believe you. They look Assholes. at you up and down and they're like, You don't look
1: sick. Yeah. They don't know I have asthma though.
3: But uh, I mean trust me.
1: These people are sick.
3: We're definitely sick. We're we have all no idea. Sick.
1: It's true! But my immune system is better than most because I don't wear a mask, so I get all the germs.
3: <laughs> we get the uh, firmware upgrades regularly for our immune system. Oh, especially
1: with the three-year-old. Yeah. Touching no boogers. Touch- <laughs> <It's just silly laughs> she touches shit. everything.
3: Walk around outside without shoes on a lot. Um, Phone Boy asks if there are mask Nazis in Missouri. There are in the city yes. for sure. So Missouri is kind of funny because... Um. It exists along, most of it exists along the interstates. You got 70 going across the state, which is the main one, where you have KC, Columbia, and St. Louis going from west to east. And uh, in all the cities, you're just going to get people climbing directly up your asshole.
1: They have the mask
3: mandates. Mask mandates in cities. All of these mask mandates have written in the ex- medical exemptions, but everyone's trying to honored. ignore or shame those or not honor them or this or that. Um, it's kind of varies place to place, but a lot of places just won't sell you shit if you walk in there because it without a mask because... And I understand it to some extent. They don't want to... If you're reported on, you can lose your business license. So I get that to some extent. I don't want me to be the reason some Karen can fuck some business, but uh, it doesn't make me any less irritated about wearing a mask. Uh, outside of the city, if you go even like 20, 30 minutes north of the city, no one gives a fuck. The signs are still everywhere so that they're like compliant, but even in like major gas chains, you go in there and they're not saying anything to you.
1: They're worded differently though. They say, like the one we saw when we were up by your dad's house was masks are strongly suggested. Yeah.
3: Yeah. It's Str- not oh, CDC, mandatory, which is CD what it's. CDC strongly in recommends City. you wear a mask or this or that. Yeah. Yeah, so we but
1: just But
3: everyone in there had a ma- you know, there wasn't any single maskless person that I saw even though the sign said that. So I'm always like trying to take stock and it's like, you know, if I'm going in a place and this is like high V and they got a little sit down you can eat place. It's like I want to go in, I want to eat, I don't want to get kicked out cuz I really want to fucking eat here. So I'm just going to do the thing because I don't want to get kicked out because then if I get kicked out, yes, I make my point and I didn't wear my mask and I get like a victory, but then I'm hungry and I don't have like the food that I wanted. Yeah. (laughs) So there's all of these different things that we measure every time and it's just so tedious. Like I shouldn't have to fucking take stock of like, oh, do I have to compromise my integrity and beliefs so that I can like eat some Chinese food? Um, I'd rather just not fucking deal with it, man.
1: Well, on a fucking big store to like Walmart that just bounce you out. You need a mask. No, I don't. Then leave. You need to go back to your car. You're not coming in here. They always got the big fucking bouncer guys out front now. It's like, no, fuck you. I've been in here without a mask since this whole scamdemic started. That's why they hired you, I guess. They're afraid of me. (laughs) This is wild. But I just walk in and then take my mask off. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Stick it to the man. I don't know. Sticking it. Also, fuck Walmart. Don't shop there.
3: Yeah, they suck. Yeah. You know who doesn't suck? Our favorite comedians. We just finished Doug Stanhope's book on Audible.
1: Oh, yes.
3: And it was so good. It's on Audible exclusive for right now, which is like a six month thing or whatever. Um, So we got it. We listened to it. It's like a little over six hours. So it's just like a long double podcast kind of thing so we looked at it and there's something that's really cool about the audible book because it's the author reading it you know so it's stanhope reading it plus like there's a chapter in stanhope's book where he talks about uh election night 2016 they did a live podcast or whatever they like live streamed election results and it was him and rogan and bill burr and uh, Bert kreischer and uh i can't remember if there's another guy involved with that but um, the cool thing about having it on Audible is they clipped part of the, the segment. So they took part of that live stream, that podcast, and put it right in there. And, man, stand-up we were very into um, in the 2014-2015 and kind of like first gen bull after bull days. And we actually went out there to Bisbee. So it's funny because he talks in the book a bit about, like, the rando fans that show up at his place because he's constantly putting his address on the podcast and, like you know, inviting it, encouraging people to like mainly mail shit to the place, but also to like show up there randomly if they're in Bisbee. And there's a certain safety in that because Bisbee is just way the fuck out there and almost Mexico. Um, It's like right by the border and you got to drive the fuck out there. So it's not like, you know, super accessible. You have to really commit to get out there. But we went out there to see his special. He's taping a special No Place Like Home, um, which was about five years ago. Out there in Bisbee. And then we went to his place afterwards and crashed at the fun house. and
1: uh, We had our dogs with us too. And he said in the book that he had to make a no dog rule. That's right. Because he had an older dog that w- would attack dogs. Yeah, But luckily there was no pr- issues when we went. He
3: put the dog up in the spare hu- that oh, right. house, the other house. Because I did see it one time when I went in there to the other house.
1: Yeah. Is that the suicide house? No
3: okay different house um but yeah it was a, it was a good uh it was a great time <laughs> and stamp's just a regular guy and he kind of at first is like i'm sure like he is with anybody who like randomly shows up it's kind of like oh great who the fuck are these idiots you know but we were just kind of like i don't know quiet and meek and like not really saying much just like happy to be a part of it sort of and uh we didn't show up in empty-handed we had a little bag of coke so it wasn't like you know it wasn't like we came to mooch or anything. We had, like, we brought a little party with us and had a great, great goddamn time.
1: And he said, look that, at the tits on that eight-year-old. He did. He did me. say, look at the tits on that I remembered though, I was like, I know I didn't have, like, a good comeback, but I did say, I was like, well, Chaley let me in to the show. Yeah. <laughs> like, Chaley's the one that checked my ID. Yep.
3: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I still don't have a good comeback. I wish I did.
3: I mean, it was just... Stick it back that's to That's the kind of funny Doug is. Yeah. He just cut you. Um, so that's cool. And I might even... I don't know. Maybe we can get Doug on a podcast or yeah. get on a Doug podcast or probably the first one. We try to get him. I'm also thinking about uh, future guest episodes because I really want to play with that. But I also... You know, like we were saying at the beginning of the show, it feels like so much shit has happened in a week's time that um, I'm either going to have to just like start paying attention to less shit <laughs> Or, like, I feel like if we added a guest episode, that wipes out a whole week of shit, you know, to talk about. So I kind of had the feeling that we could schedule guest episodes whenever it's convenient for the guest. Yeah. And then just release those independently of our Tuesday night show. I like that. And then that way, you know, we have a little bonus episodes here and there and wherever. We'll stream them live and announce it whenever we find out and schedule it. But then there's no pressure to do our regular show format either. We can just focus completely on our guest and do, like, a total guest-focused show. Yeah, um, I like that because I have been talking to a couple people, um, old friends and different people around to. I keep getting to do guest spots,
1: LinkedIn messages. Oh, really? From people I've never heard of that are like, "Hey, I'm in the cannabis industry. I'd love to be on your show. Here's oh, my resume and profile." I'm like, um, "Have you listened to my show? <laughs> are you sure you want to be on my podcast? Are you accusing me of
4: being dumb?" <laughs>
3: You know, our show just does whatever it does. But uh, bowl after bowl. You know, we do get uh, bowl after bowl in on here. Um, now we're working through Norm's book, oh, which Carolyn mentioned reading. Um, Norm's memoir.
1: I love listening to him. Based on read a true it. story.
3: I can't remember the name, name, name of. Oh, based God on a, damn it, is that the? I name thought of it was it?
1: based on a true story.
3: But uh, to hear yeah. again, it's special because Norm is reading it. And uh, it just adds a layer of the humor, I believe.
1: Based on a true story, n- a memoir. But then it's also sometimes listed as based on a true story, not a memoir.
3: <laughs> That's the beauty of the walking paradox that is Norm Macdonald. Just a fucking genius. Absolute genius. One of my favorite thing, and of course we're just in the first third of that, but... Uh, One of my favorite Norm Cannon things is that his sidekick, Adam Eget, is always referred to with his full name, Adam Eget, and he <laughs> never calls it Adam Eget, anything other than Adam Eget, which is really... The more it happens, the funnier it gets. It just kind of snowballs. Yeah. The humor of that. It's fantastic stuff.
1: That's been such a great listen.
3: Yes. Yeah, it's great, uh, great stuff in between all these... <laughs> goddamn podcasts I listen to. I've done a lot of catch up lately because I haven't been doing live stuff. So my life is getting busier and I don't know what I'm going to do next week. My full stack web development class starts. I'm taking full stack web development training and I'm going to be in class eight to five every day. So that cuts out on no agenda live every week. That cuts out all the bins. I won't be able to do bins live like at all during that. And uh, I just don't know.
1: Well, Aren't some of your classes virtual?
3: Yeah, but I can't, like, listen to a podcast and take a virtual class. It's going to be hard to focus enough, you Yeah. Know? Like, Fair I really enough. do want to, like, dive in and, like, actually get my money's worth for this training program. Oh. yeah. And actually do the work, as it were. Um, And, you know, come out knowing the shit that they teach us, you know? I want to know all of this stuff. I don't want to just half-ass it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm going to be
3: a dude named Ben. Can you believe it? I no. want to, uh... <laughs> I don't know. We I just feel like it's. It I feel like it's time. time. I've been talking about it for so long. I went to Mizzou and dropped out, and so like I didn't really get my money's worth there. Um, and in four months, I can knock it out. So I'll be done in February. It's just four months, super intensive. It's like over 400 course hours. So you don't get that. You can't take 400 course hours at like a university in a semester no. or in a year. No. So like it's a very intensive program. And it's only coding. It's only full stack web. So, um, and I don't know what he means, but uh, Sir Bemrose was like, oh, I feel for you that you have to go full stack. That's like, I don't know. I just want to know the most shit. I want to know the most possible shit. And then I can, from that starting point, kind of decide what I want to explore deeper with and where my role is and what I fit into, what I really click with. Uh, And it's going to start in... uh, redoing the bull after bull website because the colors are pretty. But other than that, I it's just don't read. like it. It's clunky. It's hard to read. It's not designed well. I mean, and it's WordPress. So, you know, what are you going to do? I mean, WordPress works. What do, What can we do?
1: Make your own WordPress theme.
3: But simple. if it was my own Lovely. theme and stuff, yeah, like I just, I just want to be able to fully customize it. And then my media company, I would like to have a website that's just sexy as fuck. And I haven't made a website for my media company at all specifically because of that. And I know I could be having like I could have done a lot more client building over these past few years that I've had the company a couple years, but I just want to do it right the first time as far as that. Cuz when you have a media company and then they click on your website and if it yeah. were to look sort of like a bull after bowl thing like
1: oh uh, yeah, that's not a good look. If it
3: was me, I would be like, let's look for somebody else, you know, like just saying. I mean, and and that's the that's cool for bull after bowl cuz we aren't trying to like smoke and mirrors anybody or like we're not here to impress you we're here to hang out with you and just have a good time with you you know um and in the media company i really am trying to impress people and yes so that's and that
1: your, your drone footage is gorgeous
3: i so i'm happy with a lot of it and i need to kind of get a place where i can showcase it in a in a sexier way but anyway i'm very excited about that but it's going to cut into my listen time like crazy um, I'm glad though I was able to catch up on, uh, Monday's bins cause I did have a drone job during it. And on Monday, uh, actually I think I pulled a clip, but Sir Bemrose did, uh, shout us out for bringing the penis lock story to them.
4: Well, this actually seems way more useful than the internet of things device you brought to us last week, Ryan, on Friday. <laughs> hey, don't kink shame. I'm not. I'm just saying. If you want something useful, this is. Um, I
3: I want to. uh, I want to thank uh, Sir Spencer and Dame Lorian for for that device because that was where I heard about it. Uh, And I didn't realize that they had already covered it on their show. For clarification, he. Thanking us for bringing that device to his attention, not for getting him one of those no. devices. We didn't <laughs> buy him. We didn't buy him a Bluetooth penis lock. Um, I, I just want to say we we covered it more from the tech aspect, and they covered it
4: more from the the bull after bowl aspect. So just, I think uh, I, I they don't feel like there was a They lot didn't of actually buy one and review it, did they? Not that we know. I hope of. not. <laughs> uh, but somebody on, uh, somebody like asked about that on No Agenda Social, which is way better than Twitter. If you want an invite, crumpyolbends Mentioned us talking about it was 15 minutes of hilarity. So we did something right when talking I, about that device. I, I, thought it, I thought it was a good segment.
3: It was a great segment, and I love that. I'm going to ISO out that uh, bull after bull aspect because we have a bull after bull aspect. Um, whatever that may mean. Uh, uh, titties, beard, joints, and boobs. Titties and boobs.
1: It means putting your dick in a device that locks and can't be opened is yeah. just a bad idea. It's just a
3: bad idea. And they cover the tech aspect of it, but it's so funny when you're podcasting. And I remember being like hyper aware of this when we started out the second go around of like, I don't want to even like stream when other people are streaming, or you know, steal other people's ideas, or this or that thing. And it, you know, you kind of hear Bemrose being like, "Thank you for bringing it to my attention," and I didn't know you talked about it on your show, but really, I don't. I'm not offended at all about. Uh, repeating stories on other shows or stuff no. or like, you know, our, all of our shows are in different days. And so like, you know, um, Monday is like a huge news dump cause they're starting to write about everything that happened over the weekend. So like, you know, the bins are going to get a first break on that. And the hog stories Monday night. And I was nervous about it at first too of like stepping on toes, but I give, I'm into the point now where it's like, dude, we're all just cranking the shit out and it's impossible to listen to all of it. Like I've, I discover more and more podcasts and more and more hours of time. And um, it's almost like if you listen to it all, then you have to start doing that speed and a half type stuff, which really robs you of the content and and the meaning behind it. And so I'm now content to just kind of jump around. If I hear stuff that really piques my interest, I will listen. I will catch up on some stuff. But I just had to stop feeling bad about either missing episodes or people missing my episodes or any kind of cross story thing. So, you know, sir, Bim if you're out there or if you're not out there, if you ever hear this, man, like it's no fucking problem at all. We're going to like just talk about stuff all the time. And, uh, I love giving other people ideas. It's like a great thing to talk about. And when you get something that juicy, I mean, CSB was like, all, all tech podcasts already talk about this. (laughs) You know, he was like, (laughs) um, because I was trying to convince him to send us Bitcoin. And uh, I was like, you know, I know he likes just tech, 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 tech. And I'm like, well, we don't really talk about tech a lot. And I know you don't listen to my podcast, but we did talk about the Bluetooth penis device. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, uh, he was like, everyone already talk about that. So um, I was actually pleasantly surprised when Sir Bimro cited us as the first he came across his radar. I just felt kind of dope, you know, and so I love, you know, like I'm proud of the fact that you talk about it. If you heard it from us, that's great. It's cool. It only helps each other, you know. It only helps e- uh, us one another if we talk about one another. In my opinion, that's the way I see it anyway.
1: Yeah, I like that. All news is good news, right? It or is. All press is good press. I really say it.
3: It's eleven eleven here in Female Agent hey. Seven. So make a wish. Done.
1: You want to hear my third top 333 story?
3: Yeah, yeah. I I heard the first two, and uh, then I was waiting for that third one. You wondered what happened. Yeah, top it off.
1: A 33-story apartment building went up in flames in South Korea. The fire started at a nearby construction site. At least 38 people are dead and 10 are injured. Oh. I would not suggest living in a 33-story building.
3: Yeah, it seems scary.
1: It's like the opposite of auspicious.
3: It's like once some shit goes down, like... If you're too high up, you're just fucked. Well, yeah, that's like, for sure. I mean 911 comes to mind of that yeah. when it's like Jesus Christ, everyone above a certain floor was just absolutely fucked. There was, you know, one catastrophic event and then there was just nothing they could do if you were above a certain floor. There was nothing you could do. And uh oof.
1: Also Bill Burr came up when you're talking about Doug's podcast.
3: Who, Bill Burr? Yeah.
1: Are you talking about Bill Burr? Yeah, Bill Burr. I love Bill Burr. I have some clips from him.
3: Oh, yeah, you did send me some clips. Yeah, he
1: had a monologue on SNL. I
3: heard he was on the Saturday nights.
1: It came to my attention because uh, I woke up and, well, you know, okay, I'm not on the face bag anymore, but I do still have a Twitter account, and I like to click, do a quick scroll, and then get off for the day.
3: Bird sight bad.
1: (laughs) People were just, oh, outraged about Bill Burr. Bill Burr. Bill because, you know, people that aren't in his regular <laughs> audience were exposed to him. So I grabbed three clips of uh, things people might have been offended by. Oh, nice. In his, um, Any thing. particular start order? Off, start off with the COVID one. Okay.
4: You guys all look like surgeons with your masks on. <laughs> Makes me feel comfortable that you're wearing masks. I like people who wear masks. That's good. You're listening to the eggheads, the people we all cheated off of in high school, right? <laughs> Keep listening to them. And then if you don't wear a mask, that doesn't bug me either, right? Take out your grandparents, you know? Take out your weak cousin with the asthma. I don't care. It's your decision. There's too many people. It's a dream come true. If you're that dumb and you want to kill your own family members, by all means, do it. Stops you from reproducing. It's literally a dream come true. <laughs> and speaking of dreams come true, did you see Rick Moranis got sucker punched on the Upper West Side? Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> New York is back, baby. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, you know.
1: Yeah. And you're dumb, like. You are dumb. It didn't. Uh, that joke was just like, eh. Uh, that didn't really make me laugh, but I'm not offended by it because right. it's a fucking joke. I actually, when I heard, a, when I saw that little video of Rick Moranis getting punched, I felt really sad.
3: It is sad.
1: <laughs> I mean, but we gotta make jokes out of tragedy.
3: Who punches Rick Moranis? That's just fucked up.
4: Uh, I won't say
1: the word. <laughs> but, okay, what's the next? What clip? do you remember? Uh, next, play white women
4: plowing ahead. Let's let's talk. Uh, let's talk white women here, shall we? <laughs> let's talk white women. white women. You're amazing, amazing your accomplishments over the last few years. I gotta tell you, the way white women somehow hijack the woke movement. Generals around the world should be analyzing this. Just to refresh your memory, the woke movement was supposed to be about people of color, not getting opportunities, the at-bats that they deserved, finally making that happen. And it was about that for about eight seconds. And then somehow, white women swung their Gucci-booted feet over the fence of oppression and stuck themselves at the front of the line. I don't know how they did it. I've never heard so much complaining in my life from white women. <laughs> my name is so hard eh, with my SUV and my heated seats. <laughs> you have no idea what it's like to be me. Trash and white guys. The nerve. Where's the camera? The nerve <laughs> of you white women. Let me. I don't listen. I don't want to speak ill of my Good bitches move. here. Okay. <laughs> I know. Well let's let's go back in history here. Okay. <laughs> You guys stood by us toxic white males through centuries of our crimes against humanity. You rolled around in the blood money. And occasionally, when you wanted to sneak off and hook up with a black dude, if you got caught, you said it wasn't consensual. Yeah, that's what you did. That's what you did. So why don't you shut up, sit down next to me and take your talking to.
2: Oh, shots (laughs) fired.
4: That was the one people were outraged about. I'm
3: sure, yeah. Free. I'm sure, well, I mean...
1: Attacking gender, attacking race. It's pro- <laughs> it just
3: cuts too close to home, I'm sure, for some people, you know what I mean? Like, oh my God. I saw it's, a lot of, it's only fucked up and hilarious because it's, like, largely true. Well, you know?
1: what surprised me was on the, the bird shite. I saw a lot of black women upset about that joke. Mm. Upset about their Sisters being attacked. Mm. I don't know. It didn't upset me. No, I thought it was really funny. I
3: mean, Bill Burr's like Bill
1: he's, Burr. He's always been like
3: this. That's and I like this, this. is this is this is one hundred percent Bill Burr shit. If yeah, you ever exactly. heard anything else he's ever said, this is right in line. You know. Yeah. The mask um, shit
1: was a swing and a miss for me, but that and bit he, was
3: it doesn't say any of this shit out of a fucking sense of activism or anything. No. He says it because he doesn't give a fuck, you know. Exactly. He's just strictly observational.
1: Observational comedy. And then I have one more. All right. The month of June
4: is gay pride month. Ugh. That's a little long. Don't you
3: think? <laughs> <laughs> My birthday month. Yep.
4: For a group of people that were never enslaved. <laughs>
3: listen to the crowd discussing they get it. all of
4: june <laughs> dude black people were actually enslaved they get february,
2: yeah, february they get
4: 28 days the shortest of overcast month. weather sun goes down at four in the afternoon everybody's <laughs> shivering nobody wants to go in the parade
2: Look. Yeah. oh my god how
4: much you hook them up With July, these are equator people. Give them the sun for 31 days. These gay black people, they could celebrate from June 1st, June 31st. 61 days of celebrating. There's no
3: 31st of June, but that is very funny. Oh, my God. I'm glad you clipped those, because I read a lot about the fucking uh, set that he did. And honestly, like I was under the impression... All of the people who know Bill Burr and already love Bill Burr said Bill Burr murdered, he killed, and it was awesome, which, like, you know, you never say anything else. But then, like, everyone else said he bombed or he didn't do shit. He was, like, really weak or sucked. And so I was, like, I was trying to imagine Bill Burr bombing. <laughs> especially on like a national stage like that. And I was like, that doesn't really make sense. But then I was also like, well, everyone I've said, I've seen who said it was good or like his homeboys, you know, like, like of course, Burt Kreischer's is going to say he killed. Like you can say fucking peeled potato to Burt Kreischer and he'll fall out of his chair laughing. Like he just is like, he thinks everything's hilarious. But I was like, Hmm, I don't know. I don't know if uh, it was funny or not, but yeah, it was ki- It was killer. It was peak billow. Yeah. Peak Bill Bark.
1: Peak Bill Bark. What are you gonna do?
3: Yes. Thank you for clipping this. And
1: laugh. And if you don't like it, it, just ignore it. Fuck. What's so hard about that? Change the
3: channel. SNL's bad for you anyway. I understand these people that like tune into comedy shows to have their political point of view like reinforced. Yeah. What the fuck? That's not funny. It's not funny. It's just not funny. Funny is like having your food tray knocked out of your hand. You know, like funny is like you got to be inconvenienced in some way or like challenged or jarred or something unexpected. You know, that's what makes the joke. Cause something has to break like, um, and yeah, it's always funnier if it's like about the other guy, it's always less funny if the joke's on you, but, uh, oh, it's gotta you be on someone. You can't
1: take life so fucking serious. You gotta you laugh know, at yourself. Yeah, Most absolutely. importantly,
3: I agree completely.
1: And I did, I did note here too, that, In his 2014 Netflix special, I'm sorry you feel that way, he made a swine flu joke saying that we needed a plague. And uh, his joke was, it's only going to kill the weak, you know? Seriously, put on a sweater. Take some vitamins. You're going to be fine. You got to let Mother Nature do her thing, man. He's not wrong. No.
3: He's not wrong. And uh, one thing I've said consistently throughout this whole fucking thing is like, people are acting like, A, that COVID is the first fucking viral sickness that's ever existed and b they act like it's the only one that currently exists yeah and both of those things are retardedly false and just about everything you can say about covid you can say is similar or true for these other viral diseases you know i mean there's nothing that's standing out as like completely cool unique or extraordinary about covid
1: no I'm way more scared just, of a... I just haven't seen it. ...ventilator than COVID, anyway.
3: But, you know, people are dying!
1: People die every day. People are dying. And, yeah, if you look at the numbers of, like, people who would have died anyway, I'm sure it's, uh, you know... People are <laughs> dying.
3: I like that uh, John and Adam brought up that the number of deaths is, like, there's no increase or spike or, you know, we're not, like, above... We're not on pace to break any death records and any sort of death counts this year for, like, overall deaths. No, no. They just want to take the categories and jam them all into COVID.
1: It's just re-Trump still.
3: Well, Orange Man is bad. At least we do know that. Orange Man was bad at the the hearings today. ACB confirmation hearings yesterday and today. Oh, yeah? Yep, and uh, that was the takeaway message was that, uh, you know, uh, being... religious is bad and the only thing worse is orange man bad
1: oh wow
3: yeah that's not surprising unfortunately i I will say man she was very sharp uh the amount of case law that she could just rattle off of the top of her head i mean even one senator asked her to like raise up her notes that she was referring to and she just picked up like the blank piece of note Book paper that she was given with like the Senate letterhead on top that she could take notes on if she so chose. It was blank. So like he was like, "Will you hold up what you've been referencing?" And she holds holds up this blank pad of paper. And he's like, "Is there anything on it?" And she's like, "Just the letterhead. Senate, just the Senate letterhead." She's citing all of this fucking case law. I mean, she's a l- legal genius. That part was impressive to see. uh Left, right, center, whatever the hell you are. I happen to be a registered independent. Uh, a lot of people put up their nose and say unaffiliated because they think they're better than me. Uh, I'm of the opinion that means the same goddamn thing uh, because I'm a retard and I don't really, uh, I'm mean not into semantics. I'm a registered independent and always have been and I intend re- to remain that way. Um, and yeah, that, that gives me the freedom to be able to pick whoever I want every time I vote. So I'll vote for multiple parties. Um, and yeah, I still have yet to officially endorse anybody, but I think I'm very close and part of a story that's developing that i'm waiting to see how it goes is just like the last couple of days kind of boiling to the surface and it's about this uh whistleblower talking about the benghazi scandal and connecting a lot of dots between a lot of people um the the things that happened in benghazi being related directly to the mass killings of seal team six members who participated in the trophy killing of osama bin laden hmm. as part of obama's re-election boost and also that being tied directly to hush money paid to iran in the form of large pallets of cash which already has stunk and people like know about all of these things separately uh, but what this guy's talking about is audio evidence that he says is damning and i know that we always are talking about it's about to happen it's about to happen Um, But this just seems credible. It just seems a little early to really jump on it yet. But I think something big is coming on this uh, on this front. And I think when that does roll out that there won't be any choice left um, but to endorse a certain candidate for president. So um, again, I'm keeping an open mind and I'm waiting for it to roll out. And to me, there hasn't really been that 100% moment yet. I already have a very good idea of who I'm going to vote for, and if you're great at reading between the lines, I'm sure you can guess. Uh, but I don't want to make any kind of official endorsement until that fully rolls out. Just uh, just wanted to mention that. You want to go behind the curtain? Sure. Or do you have other stuff?
1: Well, we can go behind the curtain, and I'll bitch about this story I read <laughs> right. on our way.
3: I just felt like it was kind of cool, and I got a lot of like lead stories.
1: And- oh, cool. Well... The Staten Island GOP trolled some TikTok teens, Uh-oh. which was the ultimate <clears throat> comeback against the media because the media acted like all these K-pop fans on TikTok were able to uh, do, like ruin a Trump's Tulsa rally by reserving seats and obviously not showing up. Oh
3: right, this has been a meme before, but
1: it's not t- credible at all. Sure there was a lot of issues it seems like of why people didn't come of course covid being the main thing and then protesters being surrounding the place blocking an entrance for 15 minutes and also like the numbers there's i don't know which one is factual but everyone reported completely different numbers of how many people showed up yeah trump said 12,000 i think it was could hold 19,000 and other places said 6,000 who knows i wasn't there but anyways, these TikTokers tried to pull the same stunt again at um, a Staten Island rally, and they noticed that something was going wrong because the number of RSVPs went from fifteen hundred to seventy-five thousand. So they decided to add a five-dollar <coughs> fee to the online sign-up form. Yoink! They ended up raising almost sixteen thousand dollars for the Staten Island GOP.
3: Oh Jesus Christ! Mostly off TikTok kids.
1: Yeah, absolutely off of them.
3: That's hilarious.
1: Because these events, like,
3: that's almost like a.
1: Oh, definitely.
3: A bit of a gutter ball.
1: It totally is. But fuck them.
3: Yeah, that's hilarious.
1: <laughs> uh, th- these events are first come first serve anyway. You know, there's no like right. reserving a seat. Yeah. The RSVPing is just to get like text reminders.
3: Well, the RSVPing—what people have to understand about the RSVP shit—is it's just data mining. That's all it is. So you sign up with a name and an email, and sure, you give them a false one. But you're absolutely right. It's not like they put a piece of tape over his chair and no one else can sit yeah. in that chair because you clicked on a thing online. No, it just means they're tracking you and like trying to get your demographic information, your voter information, and all that shit.
1: I just can't believe these idiots would pay the five dollars.
3: Uh, I believe just about anything nowadays.
1: Yeah, uh, Fair enough. Like, did you hear that uh, Facebag is now banning any posts that deny or distort the Holocaust? Yes. They banned this person yes. from yes. Facebook and yes. YouTube. Yes. The craziest part is I saw in a, their statement that they're going to start directing people to, quote, authoritative sources if they search for information about the Nazi
3: genocide. Yeah, you're not allowed to learn what? things that aren't true according to Zuckerberg and his panel but of what impartial it, what's leftists. What's an authoritative
1: source? The cops? Like, hey, this person is trying to look up uh, uh, evidence against the Holocaust? No, uh, no, no. they no. got a
3: mental problem. The authoritative source is Snopes.com, of course. Oh, yeah, yeah. The authoritative yeah, source is Mother Jones. The authoritative source is the okay. Huffington Post. Like,
1: I got you They'll... New York
3: Times and Washington Post. <laughs> so
1: that means they will direct you to their information, I get gotcha.
3: Yes, I gotcha. what you're allowed to believe. You are only allowed to believe this. And I, look, I, I don't believe in much. I can tell you that. Like, most things that you see or read are, if not full bullshit, mostly bullshit. And it's yes. tough to really separate the wheat from the chaff, as far as information goes, in the information age, because there's so much of it. And people can say whatever they want, put whatever they want out there, but... It's up to the individual. There's an individual responsibility here. It's not Mark Zuckerberg's job to make sure that you know fucking truth from a hole in the ground or, you know, pull your head out of your ass.
1: Yeah, That's your
3: job. That's your job. And if you really love the smell up there, you can keep your head up your ass your whole life. Yeah. There's plenty of tards out there living kick-ass lives. Yeah. Insanity, man. Insanity. Yeah, historians' whole job is to question history and find the truth," says Dwadnam in the chat. Except for certain topics, but yes, it's the same as a scientist's job is to uh, deconstruct and attack the the hypotheses of their current time. You know, we can't see yes. into the future. You know, you can't go well, back in time with limited information and say that all the heliocentrists were uh, or all of the not the heliocentrists earth centrists yeah look at me i'm a fucking idiot speaking out of class but like they're not idiots they're just working with what they had to work with yeah exactly on the knowledge at the time you know
1: yeah because no one knows none of us are god but i hope that it just works the reverse way in which like especially young people are just like wait holocaust denial what 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 would people deny about it and then start reading and looking stuff up (laughs) and questioning themselves, you know?
4: Uh, I'm not God. I don't have all the answers. It is true.
3: It's like you trigger, uh, it's like, oh, well, this is banned? Well, why is it banned? I want to look into it further. It's the Barbra Streisand effect. It's like, oh,
4: don't look at this.
3: People were like, wait, don't look at what? Uh, I think it does work against them for sure.
1: I got to tell you, the first time I ever, like, dipped my toe in, like, reading about the Holocaust outside of what schooling had told me, Was after I went to the Holocaust Museum in DC because it pissed me off so bad. I was about eight probably when I went, and it was like it felt like a never fucking ending labyrinth of, ooh, sad story, sad story. I mean, they had any artifact they can get their hands on, any diary entry they can get their hands on, it's all there available to read. And my grandparents are the people who are going to read every fucking thing. And I was just like, this is so awful. And then you go through one level where they make you, like, walk through a fake gas chamber. I was like, fuck this. I'm not doing that. Show me to the exit. I'm out. They were like, oh, it's just a, it's just a display. It's just a, fuck that. That's trauma-based entertainment. I want nothing to do with it. And I got, I just got so angry, Spence. I did not want to be there. I was like, that's, a, that's when uh, that little dark seed got planted in me that was I also be
4: careful how i share my opinions
1: that was also the first time i learned about eugenics though which was pretty interesting
4: if you're for it you're a son of a gun if you're against it you're a son of a gun yeah
1: but hey i wasn't alive then and i don't have any uh, holocaust survivors in my family uh, or friends families so
4: no matter what i say it draws controversy
1: that's all i've got to say about all right not presenting any facts on either side it just you know trauma-based entertainment
3: is irritating for sure yeah I mean, that's, and, that's an easy and obvious one.
1: And I do think you should be free to research all sides of all arguments and history and whatever. That's what makes it fun. And, you know, hey, like, yeah, let's take the hypothesis and see if we can bend and break it and get closer to the truth. Right. Isn't that the goal?
3: We do want the truth. Uh, lots of weed stuff happening. Yes. But the most important uh, thing that came across my desk this week the Supreme Court uh, is declining to hear the appellate challenge to federal cannabis prohibition. So there Mm -hmm. was something, uh, Washington versus Barr.
1: We mentioned it a few shows back.
3: Yes, that we wanted to hear them take up the challenge to the scheduling of cannabis. Um, Basically, the uh, litigants, the plaintiffs saying that uh, federal prohibition and that Schedule One scheduling classification is in a violation of their civil and constitutional liberties, uh, including their right to freely travel, by the way, within the U.S., which is interesting because that comes up as well with concealed carries. It comes up with a lot of things where states have different... Um, policies and different things that they will or won't allow, and you're going to go from state to state, but you can't necessarily go to, from state to state with an ounce in your pocket, or state to state with a Glock in your pocket, uh, or whatever you happen to have. Well, so it's an interesting kind of... Uh, even you know, in
1: a legal state, it's
3: still federally illegal. You have the right to move from state to state, but maybe not everything that you carry with you has that right. And so it kind of gets tricky. It kind of I, I get it. There's a lot of nuance, and it's convoluted. Um, but they opted not to take the argument up. Um, and, you know, it's been, uh, it's kind of been this way. Like, the courts have really not been our buddies when it comes to uh, cannabis liberalization. And perhaps in a good way, I mean, it's not really their job necessarily. Um, I think that the, I think a, almost all of the prohibitions really are in a strict interpretation unconstitutional. But, and Keith Straub, the normal executive, always says this when this kind of stuff comes down. He said the same thing that uh, it's really at the uh, the onus is really on Congress. Congress passed all of these fucked up laws, and yep. Congress passed the scheduling, and Congress is the one that needs to take it away. They they put it in place, and they're the ones that need to remove it. So, in that sense, it's not like you can really be like angry with the courts per se. Um even though I do believe that a lot of these are totally unconstitutional, um, the courts just aren't going to touch it because that's just not their role and it's not really how it works, especially the higher you go. When you get in that Supreme Court stuff, they're only going to take the most obvious things and make the most obvious you know, rulings yeah. in most cases. So anyway, it, although it's disappointing, I'd say it's not surprising. And Keith Straub's absolutely right when he says... This is on the Congress. You know, it's their fucking fault. They're the ones that messed this up. They're the ones that need to fix it. Yes. Uh, lots of players in the infused beverage market of cannabis, but the newest entrant is Pabst.
1: Yes. So I saw that also. Uh,
3: PBR's blue ribbon logo is going into cannabis-infused beverage packaging.
1: Yep. Um, Although PBR's not getting any of the money, any of the profits. They're just lending over their name and logo to Pabst Labs, Mm. which was a company started by some former Pabst employees, a cannabis company out of California. They're making a lemon flavored cannabis infused sparkling water with five milligrams of THC. Yummy. Yeah. It's available in some dispensaries right now. I think they said about a dozen. And by the end of the month, they expect about 30 dispensaries to carry the seltzers and uh, I, it seems like it's kind of a trial run to see uh, how this goes if people like the infused products or not. And then PAPS doesn't have to take the risk, but they also offer exposure for sure. PAPS Labs by that putting their name. logo on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I well, thought that was interesting.
3: More hipster than hipster is drinking PAPS uh, THC drinks. No, joke. five milligrams really ain't much, but uh,
1: uh, but it's also like a 25 calorie fucking if, seltzer.
3: If you're over there drinking like four or five of them, it starts to add up, you know. But that's interesting,
1: yeah. I don't know if I'd want to pay the money though.
3: <laughs> main's open now, main's in play, yeah, selling recreational cannabis, yeah. W- Almost hit 100 grand on opening day,
1: yeah. Last Friday, right? They opened up that's right, October 9th,
3: the first day of legal sales. Uh, they sold a net of uh $94,643 and 38 cents worth of product. cha ching cha-chang, cha-ching chang. Over the weekend, Friday through Monday, a total of 258 grand and some change. So they are selling some serious pot.
1: Yeah, and I also read that only six of the eight licensed retail stores were open on the opening day, which I thought was interesting. Hmm. I feel like you wouldn't want to miss that day, but I wonder if maybe not all of them had product.
3: The OMP said a ninth retailer received an active license on October 9th, but that the store uh, was quoted as saying it will not be open for at least a few weeks. Uh, I'm sure they've got to probably trim and cure their bud this and that. Details, man, details. you got to dot the I's across the T's. Mm-hmm. If your license shows up, you're not just going to stock the shelves the same day. It's not really no. how fucking weed works. No. Uh, California went on a plant-killing rampage. Oh, they've been doing that. As they that. do every year.
1: As if the wildfire wasn't destroying enough.
3: California's annual campaign against illegal marijuana cultivation eradicated more than 1.1 million plants at Jeez. 455 grow sites.
2: Wow.
1: Oh. This
3: is over 13 weeks. Uh, state, local, and federal agencies in 29 California counties. um, They conducted these uh, plant killings despite difficulties stemming from coronavirus precautions and massive wildfires, the brave lads, uh, to kill these 1.1 million plants. Because of competition from illicit illicit operators, California's legal marijuana businesses haven't been as successful as hoped since the state created a regulated industry in 2018. So they're... uh, their,
1: they have an emerald market that their developed their full
3: rec uh, market <laughs> is quite young but yeah uh, the
1: black market became a they also emerald. have a,
3: well they have a black market they have the emerald triangle up north in Humboldt okay. and they have uh a very entrenched medical program too that didn't just go away so right you know you can't just run the numbers and then say oh well every bud that's grown in Cali will now be the the rec sale market you know there's going to be other shit be outliers. The effort conducted every year since 1983 has long been associated with the forests and mountains of the far north, Humboldt and the Emerald yeah, triangle, 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 like I mentioned. Uh, but this year's biggest haul, 293,000 plants in one of the in just one operation, occurred in Riverside County, uh, east of LA. Hmm. Uh, One of the guys is quoted as saying, I bet most people would have ventured to guess that all of the top counties would have been in Northern California in that triangle, but Riverside was by far the largest, and it does account for over a quarter of the plants that they killed. The rest of the top five were in the north there. Uh, Tulare with more than 105,000 plants, followed by Trinity, Lake, and Siskiyou counties,
1: how do they destroy them? Don't they burn them?
3: I'm sure they chop and burn them, man. Yeah.
1: It's just, th- that doesn't make sense to me. I know they want to talk about environmental dangers of illegal grows. These people might be using pesticides that aren't approved or, you know, tapping too much water or whatever. But using fire to fight this right now just seems stupid when you have all those wildfires going on.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm sure they burn it in a controlled environment.
1: Oh, yeah. And then they, then they Safety tout first. climate change.
3: Safety first, man.
1: Look at all these fires. It's because of climate change. (laughs) Do y'all
3: see that? France is going to give away free pot starting next year. The French government published a long-awaited decree this week detailing how a limited medical cannabis experiment will be carried out and confirmed that up to 3,000 patients can participate in said experiment. Hmm. First prescriptions are going to occur in March of next year. It's going to be two years, starting with the first prescription uh, on March 31st. Um, and then the decree also determined the Ministry of Health and Solidarity is responsible for carrying it out. And uh, basically, they're going to give people weed for free and study the effects and. Uh,
1: uh, like, try to find the safety of using it as medicine.
3: Yeah, essentially, yes. I gotcha.
1: Well, that's nice for them to. Give it out for free. This does say, or, as is
3: typical in Europe, medical cannabis will be prescribed only as a last resort. So you have to have intractable like a debilitating something, or other. Disease. Yeah. yeah. You have to have tried all of the pharma shit and have it like almost kill you.
1: And also, uh, France doesn't have a legal market, right? So they must be importing their weed from other countries.
3: Yeah, it didn't say. Uh... Let's see. Yes, because the cultivation of high THC cannabis is still illegal in France. Uh, Althiel believes the suppliers will probably be foreign in collaboration with pharmaceutical laboratories established in France and licensed for narcotics. Mm. But yes, they're going to import it. They don't exactly know from who yet, but uh, Mm, it looks like they are not (laughs) looking at growing domestically. I mean, the Netherlands would be a great place to get it. They grow a lot of fucking pot. Um,
1: Canada exports a lot of pot, though.
3: Yeah, it's a whole ocean you got to get it over. It's kind of logistically a pain in the ass, but it's possible. It's possible. You Could get it from us too if they're going to go Canada.
1: Can we export weed?
3: I don't know.
4: We are creating a pathway to buy drugs from Canada.
3: Maybe if it's to the EU, I don't know. Fuck. Yeah. Who knows? We can really do anything as long as it's uh, the elites doing it.
1: Seriously. Colorado made 218 million in weed sales in August. It was just short of their record high of, in July.
3: Chichinga babinga.
1: 226 million. Nice. Yes. And then also, this Saturday, New Zealand could become the third country to legalize use and possession of weed. Hmm. They'll be voting on that. It go would be, Kiwis,
3: go Kiwis, go.
1: It would be for people 20 years and older.
3: 20 and older, that's not bad, I suppose. Nice
1: round number.
3: I got a wonderful uh, story for our, you want to you go bowling?
1: Oh yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: Yeah, fuck it, dude. Let's go
3: bowling. This one is from Sir Omaha. Thank you, Sir Omaha. Uh, he sent me this story today. He was a bit incensed about this one. Yes, nudity is a no-no in your backyard, Omaha police tell man.
2: Oh. Omaha police had to
3: remind a West Omaha man this weekend that being nude in his backyard violates decency standards, especially in view of neighborhood children. The man 43, so close, Who lives in the (laughs) Pacific Meadows neighborhood near 156th and Pacific. I looked it up on the Google Maps because I was like, man, I wonder if I could dox this guy. Uh, And I think that you'd have to call in and request the police report for $5 in order to actually dox him. But uh,
1: $5.
3: According to neighbors, he uses both his hot tub and in-ground pool in the nude. Um, Okay, big fucking whoop. The police spoke with the man Friday, then received a second complaint on Sunday, according oh. to the police report. When officers spoke with the man Friday, he challenged them to name a law that he was breaking, said they should go fight real crime, and told him that uh, told them that this was complete bullshit. Um, but I'm sure there's plenty of laws that they can cite, you know, decent exposure exposure. would be the one probably. And then you
1: end up on a sex offender Uh, registry. Yes. Fuck that.
3: Yeah. Not worth it, but also not. It's a
1: stupid law. I think, I think that we look at nudity in a terrible way in this country, making it taboo.
3: I mean it's not like he was like running around jerking it.
1: No, exactly. There's a difference he was getting between getting into a hot tub. Being naked and being sexually active. And the
3: thing is he could go into like the hot tub with the tiniest ass banana hammock on and no one would be able to do peep about it. But just because he doesn't have that one little piece of cloth on. It's like uh it's like wearing a mask only for your ballsack. <laughs>
1: I like that It's true. Sunday's
3: call to police Came from a neighborhood Mother whose daughter's Bedroom overlooks The man's yard Uh-oh. The daughter was Studying in her room Sunday morning I wonder what she Was studying Old man balls The mother also <laughs> Provided police With a 58 second Video that shows the man getting out of his hot tub and standing in his backyard nude and stretching. Wow,
1: what a creeper.
3: The camera pans to the yard next door where a three-year-old is playing on a swing set about three feet from the man, according to a police report. The slats in the wood fence are such that the child would be able to see the man, officers oh. wrote in their report.
1: Like a three-year-old paying attention to what the neighbor's doing. The
3: police report noted that the man did not fondle himself. <laughs> yeah, um, obviously you all know my thoughts on this. Like nudity is nudity. Sexuality is sexuality. The two can be separate, they can be together, but they're not always hand in hand. You know, N- nudity is not inherently sexual, and sexuality, by uh, the same token, is not inherently uh, only expressed through nudity. Uh, you can wear a full set of clothes and be completely uh, very sexual, very lewd. Yes. So, um, There's there's plenty of commercials with chicks in bikinis slow eating a fucking Whopper, you know, licking it all up in slow motion and shit.
1: A lot of clothing sexualizes the body.
3: So, you know, I mean, there has to be some nuance here. Obviously, we we don't like fucking perverts messing with our kids. That's that's a no-no. But it just, from the information provided here, doesn't seem like that's what's going down at all. Oh, well, there's an old man who, like, hey, you know, if I had a hot tub and it's a pool, a hot tub, yeah. I would be getting in them naked. Now, granted, if I had windows that I, was visible from my house, I'd probably just get in with a swimsuit, take my swimsuit off once when I'm in there, in. Yeah. And then put it on before I get out, kind of a thing. But that's Cause cause the last we, thing I want. We
1: don't like confrontation. Is fucking cops, man.
3: <laughs> Just don't want cops coming around telling me, like, that somebody's upset with me and that they have to fucking come here because somebody called, you know.
1: Well, I also just wouldn't want to piss off my neighbors. And if you know you've got Nancy neighbors.
0: You know, you gotta stop calling the cops, dude. You act like a little child, okay?
1: And just know the boundaries.
3: Um, this is kind of an older one from last month, but I still thought it was funny enough to talk about so I can get it out of my goddamn list. Voter bears arms and more after anti-Trump shirt is nixed. Mm? That's right. Um, Basically what happened is this. A voter was told she could not wear her anti-Trump shirt at a polling place because it violated electioneering rules. She was Uh, working? No, she was voting. Oh. And so she simply whipped it off and did her civic duty topless.
2: Oh,
1: hell yeah.
3: The woman walked into a polling place in New Hampshire on Tuesday's primary election. So this was uh, uh, early September. Uh, she had a shirt on that said McCain hero Trump zero. <laughs> so, you know, big brain on this chick. But mm. uh, town moderator Paul Scaffidy, great name, dude, uh, told her she couldn't wear a shirt featuring a political candidate while she voted. Uh, hmm. According to the law, no person shall distribute wear or post at a polling place any campaign material. According to state law in New Hampshire. Neither Trump nor McCain, who died in 2018, were on Tuesday's primary ballot, which featured races for governor and Congress. The woman pointed out that another woman nearby was wearing a shirt in support of the American flag. He answered that an American flag was not electioneering and that the Trump Zero shirt would have to be covered. Now, that shit is always so irritating. It's like, when they have an American flag, it's like- this is America. It's very telling. I think it's very telling if you're going to point to the American flag and say that person is electioneering. Like, oh, so what party are they campaigning for? Because I want to vote for America. I'm sorry. Like, if that's where we're at and the American flag represents one of the fucking parties and then the sight of the American flag offends the other party, then I'm sorry. As an independent, I have to say that I'm going to be going with America. I like America. Yeah. I'm a big fan of America. As an independent, I fucking like it here. And if you're telling me that one party is for America and the other party is against America, that's very interesting to me. I pu- My ears perk up at that. I'm going to say, what? I'm going to say, wait, one of the parties is against and the other is for? Oh, this is very easy for me.
1: Yeah, like offended by your own country's flag. It's what? You need to move.
3: Disgusting.
1: They need to move, then. It
3: disgusts me. I do not like people who hate the land in which I live. And they live, land. by the way.
1: Yeah, land which I love.
3: Um... Some slightly COVID-related news. Uh, Upscale Sex Club Sanctum plots Black Death-themed Halloween party. Oh, nice. I love the lead. This is like, I'm not really often enamored with leads these days, especially in online journalism. But New York's handling of the whole pandemic has been a giant clusterfuck, so why not just go ahead and hold a proper one? (laughs) Nice. That's a great lead. Um. The notorious upscale sex club Sanctum, which they spell in the fucking demonic way where you take the vowels out, but we'll not get into that, mm. was planning to hold an orgy in the city regardless of the burgeoning viral catastrophe. Uh, then they pulled out at the last minute, and now they're back with a bang. The group, uh, which has reportedly hosted Gwyneth Paltrow and Bill Maher, Bill Maher. Maher, yeah. Maher. Yeah. Oh. Uh, in uh, the past, so you know that it's like...
1: I don't like the sounds of this.
3: <laughs> you, know, you know the kind of t- joint we're talking about.
1: As soon as you said there's no vowels in it, I was like, oh, These
3: aren't the type of orgies we go oh, to, but uh, they're planning uh, for a third event since the... Uh, oh, ding, 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 third. Oh, uh, since the whole Rona thing started. So they've already had a couple. They've been keeping it low profile, testing the waters, hosting things safely. So far, they've had two events, and... All have had COVID rapid testing of every person who enters the premises. Ugh. That would be a no for me. There's yeah. so many things on here that would already be like no's for me uh, showing up to one of these things. But at the same time, I am glad they're going at it. Uh, you know, it's like uh, they hosted an erotic dinner and they hosted a par- party featuring Shibari. Oh, cool. So there's interesting stuff, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I
3: don't think it has to always be who, fucking bad and where evil, was this though. Published? I don't know why it's a. Uh, this is uh, from page six.
1: Page six. Well, who is the? What's the journalist's name?
3: Oil. Oh no, Oli. Oli. <laughs> Oli. My dyslexia kicked in. Oli Coleman.
1: Well, hey, shout out to that dude because actual journalism there actual with a, journalism. a thoughtful lead. Can you believe it? I don't know the last lead that made me smile or laugh or be like, "Oh, I want to keep reading." It's, which is what a lot supposed to do. It's a
3: lost art. Yeah, the lead wasn't buried. It was just like executed and the pun wasn't in the headline it was in the lead like it was all yeah. done correctly um, amazing which is hard to see I of mean, course
1: it wasn't mainstream
3: we're trained journalists here Lauren and I
1: Yes. So I got my degree
3: she even has her degree
1: they didn't want me to get it but I got it
3: I dropped out of that uh, journalism school and then the whole school entirely and
1: Then I took a naked picture with my degree <laughs> And that's the only time I've put it to use <laughs> I'm putting it to use right now with a podcast uh, The finest true. form of journalism uh, That exists today
3: Bimrose Rose did even mention journalism being the last bastion Of, uh, or excuse me, podcasting Being like one of the last bastions of journalism Yeah Around today, he's right Yeah, He's right about that uh, One in four people have had sex with a roommate During lockdown according to a survey. Getting it?
1: Hey, that doesn't surprise me. In fact, we know someone very close to us who only recently told us they were dating their roommate, and I think it's because it's convenient.
3: It is a kind of a convenient (laughs) lockdown situation. Nearly one in four people have had sex with a non-romantic roommate in the past six months, according to a match survey of 5,000 U.S. singles. Younger people were the most willing to cross that line. I guess it's a line. Uh, uh, is it really a line like you already live with this person it's like uh, oh you're here i'm here we can't really go out we already live together we're the sexual risk is, creatures the risk is minimized if we just fuck each other if that's cool we can be buds and we can fuck and we can just be buds it seems like just the natural progression of things it's not really surprising yeah 33 percent of millennials <gasps>
1: uh
3: and 46 percent of gen z getting in bed with a roommate and, and of course, like uh, Gen Z. yeah, Gen Z having sex throwing that, against all odds. Throwing that dick around.
1: Remember when they started talking about, oh, the children are like not interested in sex. It's like mm-hmm. bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. We're human here.
3: Yeah. They're probably lying on the survey if they're telling you that. Also, my last story, uh, this weekend, Japanese porn maker soft on demand opened what it calls an adult themed theme park in Tokyo. Oh. called Sod Land, which is located in a five-floor structure that's filled with bars and staffed by adult video performers.
1: Whoa. Seems like a weird time to open it.
3: 5,000 yen to get in. That's 47 bucks US. Uh, hmm. That includes one free drink and two items of merchandise.
1: Oh, nice.
3: Or for half the price, 2,500 yen, 24 buckaroonies. Um, you get an hour in there, which includes one drink and one DVD, so you can beat off later.
1: Hmm, <laughs> hmm. You just go with that 47 bucks.
3: Yeah, you might as well hang out all day, right? Get the day, yeah. How many five levels? floors to explore, five yeah. floors.
1: You don't want to be rushed.
3: No, you can't see it all in an hour. There's no way.
1: And there are and performers who work there, so you want to interact, too.
3: Yeah. Might well, see them titties. You
1: might see someone you like.
3: You want to see them titties.
1: Or could it be her massive stripper titties? We always want to see titties.
3: More titties, more fun.
1: Well, I saw a Twitter story that I thought was kind of funny. Uh-oh. This, uh oh. This kid got a text from his mom saying, "Hey, our beloved family cat wandered off, and I just wanted to let you know that I found her, and uh, she was dead. So I'm gonna bury her." And he was like, "Oh man, that stinks. Sad to hear." it. Well, she comes. They had like a beautiful burial for this kitty in their backyard, and then they were like eating dinner, trying to get used to life without this cat. When all of a sudden, they saw their cat staring at him from. Outside their back window. Oh, Jesus. And they were like, oh, shit. So then the mom, like, grabbed the cat and was like, oh, Kitty's back. The cat's name was Kitty. This whole Um. thing is very, very spooky. And she took a picture with Kitty and sent it to uh, her son and was like, hey, false alarm. Kitty's alive and back. And then he's like, well, then what the hell did you bury? So she digs up the cat and brings it to the vet and is like, I think I buried someone else's cat. But it didn't have a chip and the vet's like... This isn't a cat. This is a rabbit. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah.
3: Hold on, I couldn't even... I was so astounded I couldn't even get to my button.
1: Oh> that's pretty
3: sad. You don't know a cat from a rabbit?
1: I know, that's what I thought was so weird, but I figured... You ain't
3: never gonna <laughs> rabbit, and you ain't no friend of mine. Do- I because do- do- söyle-
1: even if like the skin was missing or something, like their skulls are so different. Yeah, it was kind of goofy, but... You would
3: think that you would be able to know...
1: Yeah, a cat from a rabbit. I oh, was like, Jesus.
3: Rabbits are kind of a lot smaller.
1: They don't have long, foofy tails. Yeah. The
3: they got a long-ass back foot. Oh, shit. They got a cell phone by the microphone. Yeah,
1: my bad. I fixed it.
3: That's all right. It's got to be once per show. It's like a, the Easter egg. We should make a contest. Like, timestamp the cell phone uh, clicky noise. Send it in. If you're right, you get a prize.
1: Oh, yeah. I love prizes.
3: Yeah. We'll figure a prize out if anybody I actually like does it. Because nobody will do it. Nobody will email Spencer at Bull After Bull or Lorian at Bull After Bull with a timestamp. Nobody will text it in or call it in. So nobody we don't have to worry about actually figuring a prize out.
1: There is a new record set for the youngest water skier. Any guesses how old the youngest water skier might be?
3: The youngest water skier. Oof. I'm going to go with four. Younger. Two? Two?
1: Younger, holy
3: shit! Yes, uh, eighteen months
1: younger. Oh my
3: god! Are, <laughs> are they the technically? Are they up on skis on their Let feet? Let me show you
1: the picture. Okay, you
3: gotta be shitting me. Six
1: month old, Rich uh, Casey Humphreys.
3: Oh my god! And look at, how look they at have. him
1: go. Yeah, he's I mean they've got like a bar on the skis for him to hold on to that the oh, rope yeah. attaches. So to.
3: he's just floating and standing and holding and he there's nothing happening to him. He's no. great.
1: The record he beat, the previous record holder, was six months and twenty seven days.
3: Holy shit.
1: Oh, these parents knew and Dude. they said he was standing at three months old and they were just like let's do this let's oh right, he's on
3: one of those kind of board things i see yeah, yeah so like looks the, like a surf the like skis a kind of are attached at the front end oh, i
1: see it's like a v Mm-hmm. Hmm.
3: looks like the star trek logo kind of or a bastardized version of it
1: and of course he's got a, the nice baby life jacket on yeah with know. the pad in the
2: back. you know if the this head
3: If this kid fell off of that water ski into the water, he would just be sitting in the water. With his head above water, he would be totally fine.
1: But people were outraged.
3: People are accusing them of probably, what, child Child endangerment and abuse and shit.
1: He looks scared and unsure. So many things could go wrong. His bones could have snapped.
3: That's why I only took the girls on the four-wheelers in Minecraft. Yeah, and not course. in real life because if I would have done it in real life, people would have called me irresponsible, and I just don't do irresponsible shit in real life.
1: No, no parent does. Well, that's not true. There are plenty of irresponsible parents out there.
3: I'm just saying I didn't video the thing, and, went, and I well, didn't. Uh,
1: okay, and that gets me on a little tangent of like when kids get injured, and then their parents take pictures and are like, "Oh, my baby's first injury," and you're like, "Are you fucking stupid?" Yeah, clearly, because like. You start posting injury pictures. Friends of mine CBS, who have kids on, on Facebook, Facebook. Of and course, like, it's the oh, face bag on people.
3: Oh, young Jimmy bonked his head on the counter and is bleeding oh, down my? his face. It's like, uh, don't post that shit. Because
1: also, I don't want to see it either. Genuinely. like uh, Kids being hurt is not entertaining or funny or nice. It makes me sad and It's just angry. that
3: overshare. I'm slowly starting to learn really what curry means by over socialized. Cause you remember, I kind of pushed back of like, I don't feel like we're over socialized. I almost feel like we're under socialized and we're, we're, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Um, artificially socialized. Like yes. it's not true socialization. It's like a fake over socialization, which I still believe is true, but the thing about over socialized is like the shit that we put out there is shit that you just shouldn't put out there. And you know, I mean, you could argue. I mean, even, with a lot of the nudes and shit that I put on fucking NAS. Well, notes, even like,
1: using your real hey, name you know on what? the internet is
3: sure. I baffling. mean, that's also stupid to most people. To a lot of people. So yeah. it's, it's not like I just think that there's uh, arguments for and against certain things and. Um, I definitely know, and I'm aware of the risks. There's certain reasons that we do uh, the things that we do, and a lot of it has to do with it's too late for some of it, you know. Oh yeah. And um, I th- we we both had talked about this at length, and decided it was more powerful to own it than to try to like pretend it never happened or like put it back in Pandora's box. You can't get there, uh, and you're also signaling that that would distress you inviting trolls to find your shit. Whereas like, if you don't care, then it's like, you don't care.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: But there's your nude body, which is one thing, which is like, and your real name, which is one thing, which is, is me. It's me. And I'm not going to ever be forced to apologize for being me. I am okay with being me. I don't think I'm the fucking smartest or funniest guy on the planet by any stretch of the imagination, but I'm also not going to ever apologize for being me. And I'm not going to be sad about being me. Um, that said, I totally understand why you wouldn't want to use your real name or come up with a screen name, but it's much safer, smarter. Um, I don't regret not doing that. It's like uh, it's like the people I know who choose not to vote for, um, for principles of theirs. I respect those principles. I think that uh, they have good principles. If you do something for a reason and you feel conviction, um, then I respect that. I have respect for it, even if I don't necessarily find the same solution works for me uh it's it's empowering to you and more power to you and like good christ we're not a monolith here as human beings or as pick any demographic uh we're not a monolith so for me to expect that you're going to do the same thing that i do or that your version of necessary opsec is going to match up with my version of necessary opsec i would be a fool to assume that you know so many people just see people doing things that is different from what they do, and they just instantly spurge out and get triggered, you know. And for me, I understand it takes a lot of different, a lot of different solutions and a lot of different rules for a lot of different people. It's fine. We can all still get along. We can all still have beers. It's true. And you know, some people are gonna drag their six-month-old behind a boat, water skiing, and guess what? The kid had a blast. I guarantee it.
1: Yeah. He looked like he was having fun on all that. No, I didn't learn to
3: water ski until I was seven or eight, but it's one of the one of my favorite sports. Water skiing was one of the favorite sports I ever actually participated in. It still is this day. I can still water ski. On, and you're a hell of a swimmer, ski. too. I can swim. Swimming was my number two for sure. Probably my number two favorite sport I ever did.
1: I like bowling.
3: Bowling's fantastic. <laughs> People start to argue whether it's a sport or not. Um, oh cheerleading's in then bowling's in that's Hell what i yeah. say
1: uh, my last story that you didn't cover because you stole some of my stories from me uh-oh but that's all right i'll share a woman instantly regretted posing her dog for a photo with her engagement ring you oh, know why why is that she thought it would be cute if she put the engagement ring on his nose
3: oh god
1: and you know what you do on dogs noses a lot of dog owners you put their treats there So you know what they're used to doing? Wait, wait. And then as soon as your voice comes in again, Oh, it's time I can eat. I can eat the treat. And that's exactly what he did. He just flipped that son of a bitch right into his mouth and swallowed it.
3: Wow. I can't believe it.
1: Now she's going to have to go through dog shit to find her ring. Can you imagine?
3: At least they're not going to take him to the vet and carve him up to get it out, right?
1: Oh, well, I guess that's an option that I didn't even consider. Or get it pumped. I I don't know what they're doing. I don't know that part. I guess they could. <sighs> I would just What people put on will and do for the, the
3: gram pool. these days is just astounding.
1: I w- also just wouldn't put diamonds near my dog. That's for sure. Because mm-hmm. my dogs, I know, are idiots. I love them. I know. But they're idiots. Yeah.
3: Far dumber than me. They'll eat, which is pretty fucking dumb.
1: They see a dead animal of any kind, they're going to try and eat it. You know? they It's just dumb.
3: It's pathetic.
1: Yeah. Total retards.
3: Well... First time I ever, and we can wrap this bitch up. I think. All right. Uh, This is the last chance to get in some emails or texts, if you wish. I know that uh, voicemails. Chipotle was kind of a cop out of a topic.
1: When we came up with it, you were feeling it.
3: I was feeling it at the time, man. I really thought it was great. Uh, I was thinking about Chipotle. I was like, oh, it's a great stoner food. Uh, It's sort of universal um i kind of underestimated our canadian listenership i didn't realize they're not in canada which you know but i was just like feeling that oh. shit man. you were feeling that shit i was feeling that shit
1: canada's got taco bell but not chipotle
3: and i had uh, we were kind of thinking i was like okay what's something a little more recent um that you could happen for a first time ever because like yeah a lot of this shit is digging way too far back well, you know what i mean and like,
1: arguably people okay, can the, say well my first time was when i was an infant and right, i don't
3: remember yeah, that yeah exactly We've had a couple of those where it's like, well, like the first time you went bowling, like, well, shit, I don't know. But I remember the first time I had Chipotle. Me too. It was after a uh, youth group retreat, which was a fantastic retreat. By the way, I ended up making uh, a huge snow penis with one of my best friends at the time. Nice. Um, That the counselors in the morning, like, all knocked down. Oh. They were very incensed about.
1: No respect.
3: But all of the kids at the (laughs) camp were really, like... They thought it was just great and grand. And of course, I got plenty of pictures of it, so I don't care. I knew it was gonna be knocked down. We tried to claim it was a rocket ship, nice, which was the typical move when you made a snow penis. (laughs) But uh,
1: at youth group,
3: at youth group uh, retreat, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, so you went. God made them, man and woman. He created them. You know, did God make a mistake when he made a penis? I don't think so. I prefer to think not kind of an ingenious contraption because it's like the whole magical key to Life. our existence <laughs> yeah. and you can also let piss out of it. it's like it's dual purpose it's crazy but uh regardless after the whole retreat was done on our way home we got chipotle and i didn't get it i thought it was dumb i got crunchy tacos which isn't the move um <laughs> I just didn't know what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. And my youth pastor was like, oh, we got to get Chipotle. It's like the best, the best. It's like the greatest. And I just wasn't.
1: How old was your youth pastor? Like a college kid?
3: Uh, He was a little older than a college kid. He was probably like 26, 28 mm. at that time. Okay. Something like that. Late 20s for sure. Mid to late. Um, But the first time I got Chipotle and I understood what was going on was the day after, the first time I got fucking hammered. I'm hammered. Sorry, let me jump. I'm hammered. Oh, okay. it's too hot, Somewhere yeah. in a fucking happy meal. I'm hammered. And, uh... I found that Chipotle and Sprite... At least at the time, was a magic hangover uh, helper. Mm. And I think partly just because it's, like, a lot of soft calories in the fact that you've got just rice on rice on rice. Like, you just jamming yourself full of rice. Um along with some, like, honestly, quality ingredients. If you're going to talk about going to a restaurant where you can go up, order your food, sit down and eat it within three minutes, there's nowhere that you're probably going to get better quality of ingredients than, uh, than at a Chipotle. Um, it's just really fresh food. A lot of the meats are sourced locally. Um, that kind of stuff. And that was their whole philosophy, was, like, get good ingredients to people fast. And so, I got a burrito, I got a huge-ass burrito, and that was when I really understood the move there. Of course, now we do the move, which I'll talk about after you say.
1: Yes. So, my first time, I think I was a junior in high school, and I believe I was shopping for accessories for a junior prom dress, which I did not want to go to prom, but my grandma was really into it, and she said I would regret it if I didn't go, and let me tell you, I regret going. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we were looking for some accessories to match the dress I picked out, and so we went took a trip up to Braintree, which is like I don't know thirty minutes north of where I live.
3: fucking Braintree dude.
1: they got the Braintree mall. I can't see I can't even fake a Boston accent it's so funny, but anyways, they got the Braintree Mall, which was like the biggest mall that I knew of, or at least I don't know. it was fucking huge, it was like three levels, two levels, three levels, but it was enormous. For a Massachusetts mall, obviously it's not the Mall of America or anything. And we were getting hungry, looking, thinking about what to eat, discussing it, and then we saw the Chipotle sign, and it was new. We were like, Chipotle. Granny, my uh, my grandma was probably like, Oh, Chipotle, <laughs> you know? No, yeah. her. Oh, what's a Chipotle? I don't know. Let's check it out. So we went in there. I thought the menu was incredibly confusing and, like, we didn't know what we were doing. So I was like, well, okay, they got burritos. That seems to be their thing is burritos. All right. So she's like, well, I'm going to get this burrito. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get... She got, like, chicken and I went with, like, a beef of some sort. And, uh, Jesus, I didn't understand that their burritos were, like,
0: to feed a family, (laughs) you know? So
1: here we are. And we're, like, wondering why it's so damn expensive, too. It was almost like a instant regret once we were, but we were like, well, we got to try it, right? right? Like, we'll pay the premium price just to try it. Jesus. Yeah, never made that mistake again. Then we just mm. shared burritos from then on. Yeah. Her and I. But, just um, cut your burrito in half or something? Yeah, we would just cut them in half. Um, and even then, geez, I could only eat like a quarter of them. But well, we liked it. We thought the food was really good. Yeah. You know, we just thought it was like a ridiculous size and kind of, I, and I still think that I wish they offered like a mini burrito.
3: It would be good. But I get it. But now we know how to do it. We do it correctly. Yes. So in you Chipotle. You me the way. The only, the only extras you get charged for are meats and guacs. Everything else you can just keep asking for extra shit and they have to, you know, they just keep putting it on. So the move is to order a bowl. You get double fucking everything except for like rice because they give you plenty of rice. Rice is the first thing they put in the bowl. So they fill it halfway with the rice. So you get a bowl. You say, all right, I want double black beans. I want double fajitas. Get them peppers and onions in there. I want, um, you know, pick your meat. I like the barbacoa personally. I think it's the tastiest one. Eat whatever meat you want. Chicken if you're trying to save some money. Don't double that because they'll charge you more. Uh, then you get your sauces, whatever you want. I like tomato and green. Uh, they call it different things now, but back in the day, it was tomato and green sauce. And
1: uh, I like the corn.
3: Lorian likes the corn, so we <laughs> get a, like that, get so that shit get on the, the side. side. Double cheese, double sour cream, a little bit of lettuce. You got this massive heaping-ass bowl, and then you get your shells on the side. Lorian likes the crunchies, so we get three taco shells on the side. No upcharge. Uh, get a burrito shell as well on the side, a tortilla, no upcharge. So you pay for one bowl, you get it loaded up to where it's like at least two burritos worth of shit in a bowl. Yeah. And then you get your tortillas on the side and then you f- go sit down and scoop all that shit into your tortilla. You roll that shit up yourself. And boom, you've got two meals for the price of one. Or shit, you could milk it into two. three. I mean, we still feed the kids and we still have extras every time we go to Chipotle. Yeah. And we only pay for one bowl, one burrito bowl.
1: So it's like we all eat for 10 bucks. Because we get a side of chips and guac too, because the kids love guacamole. And then what we do, <laughs> so you fill your burrito up. I fill my shells up and we still usually have like a quarter of the bowl left. Yes. So then we split that between the two girls and they just use their nachos. Mm-hmm. to dip in it and they love it yeah they love it and i love it well i had a chipotle aversion for a while and i wonder if it's because you know how they get local ingredients right sure oh well, i just wonder if it was like the source of the
3: maybe you didn't like the central missouri meat oh, yeah, you always claimed it was the cilantro though
1: yeah but we're getting chipotle now and i like it the cilantro still still in it maybe right? it
3: was one of the magical pregnancies that unlocked here your...
1: i think it might be That's true because I didn't like spicy spicy food food. at all until I got pregnant the first time. And then I needed spicy food.
4: It's true.
1: So weird. Now I'd put take the Chipotle sauce and put it on my tacos. With those spicy corn. The cold corn.
3: Yes. It's good shit. It's good shit. I'm not trying to, like, shill for corporations and this and that. but uh, And
1: that's what I said, too. I was like, they should give us a sponsorship. Well, no, they really
3: shouldn't. But uh, (laughs) it's just good. It's (laughs) just good, and it's good to share a life hack for those of you out there who are into that and uh, you kind of want to, I don't want to necessarily say scam the system, but, like, save a few bucks and be, you know, frugal-minded, and um, that's how it works. Think
1: bowl after bowl and get the bowl at Chipotle.
3: Yeah. You'll be eating burrito after burrito in one bowl, and then it'll be, like, very meta. Very meta. Gloria. Well, I do want to uh, thank everyone who listened in, tuned in. Thanks again, Ned, our executive producer for the show.
1: Yes, thank you.
3: Thank you, Blue Douche. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you, Chad. Thank you, Duodenum, Fletcher. Lavish. No Debit. Austin Ann, Phone Boy, Stacy, Tifling, Warbix.
1: And Quirk Quirk. S for the lovely voicemail. Quick
3: Quirk S, yes. We'll see you next Tuesday, and until then...
1: May your bowls burn ever brighter.
4: Where did it come from? So when are we smoking some weed? Smoke weed every day. Spark one up.